From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is exactly six minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up Hurley in the Morning Millions without electricity in the great state of Florida, billions of dollars in property damage, and a good friend of ours, and you know him if you're a regular listener of the program, Bob Progner, uh, he has friends all over the place in Florida, and although he's here in the area, uh, he was able to send me videos all throughout the day in real time what was happening and it was it was tough to look at really really bad the estimate and that's almost sight unseen but the estimate right now is between 60 to 70 billion dollars in property damage all told this could turn out to be one of the worst storms in american history in many respects and I haven't heard, I don't know if you have heard, I have not heard of, and it would be just miraculous, but I have not heard of any loss of life at this point. But you know, this is the kind of thing, uh, there's things you don't know yet. When we get to daylight, I think that we'll know more. And even things that happen later, down power lines. And so you have a delayed situation here as well. And... If you were just listening, you know that from here, it looks like it heads at about 90 miles an hour right now. The force, I think it's heading at about 9, 10 miles an hour uh, in terms of movement. But the the force of the the hurricane, still hurricane, it's a Category 1 at the moment, 90 miles per hour. Now, I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but when it goes back out over the water... I mean, we've always been taught that could it can pick up additional steam. I hope not. And it looks like another landfall hit tomorrow in coastal Georgia or coastal South Carolina. And we have multiple friends uh, that are bunkering down in South Carolina, not on the coast, but um, comfortable that the construction of their homes uh how all that is done that they um that they'll be fine so we've talked to a few of them because obviously if you were in south carolina you could have left yesterday uh we've talked to people that have chosen to stay so that's what we know uh at the moment and of course each news break will keep you posted on that and when we learn more we will tell you more throughout the morning I didn't mention this yesterday simply because of uh, time constraints, but think about this. Who would do this on the day that the Atlanta Braves were at the White House regaling, celebrating the World Series championship of last year? The Biden White House, Biden, Corrine Jean-Pierre, they're talking about that the Atlanta Braves should change their name. Jack Cittarelli, are you listening? Who does that? Who says that? What kind of idiots 
talk like that. Hey guys, I know it's, you know you're uh, we're we're awarding you and celebrating, and it's really nice of you to bring me my own jersey, my own Atlanta Braves jersey, number forty six. Yeah, it's nice, thanks, and and we think you should change your name. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This goofy ass administration, and what I'm about to share with you isn't the slightest bit funny. And I wrote an item on my Facebook page. Somebody's got to do something about this. This can't, this can't be allowed to continue. Joe Biden speaking at the White House conference on nutrition, hunger, and health yesterday asked the audience where Representative Jackie Walorski was. This is almost two months after the Indiana Republican Congresswoman was killed in an automobile accident along with a few of her staff members who were also killed. Now, this was much celebrated and memorial services and everything. And the media, they call this a gaffe. I'm sorry, it's not a gaffe. The gaffe is when you have three children and you call the one by the wrong name. Or when I call Noah Robert or Robert Noah and I do it and they both laugh. That's a gaffe. You know, that's a sin of the mind, not of the heart. Uh, I always say it's a compliment. Margie used to always tell me uh, they had six children and Margie's dad would just run through the list. Kathy, Margie, John, Steve, Dawn, Lisa, whatever your name is, run through all of them. What is funny, though, this is kind of interesting. And I don't know what to make of this because my love is unconditional and it's equal to all. We don't play favorites. I wonder why I on occasion call my son, my grandson, my grandson, my son, but I never mix up Kristen and Lauren. How about that? I don't recall a single time ever doing that. But I would say I did it. Uh. I picked up Noah from school last week and on the ride home, I called him Rob and he laughed. I caught myself when I did it and he laughed. I said, I said, I know, I know. Sorry, Noah. So it happens. That's a gaffe. This isn't a gaffe. This congresswoman died. How you can't forget that unless there's something wrong with you. How could you possibly forget that? Not only died, but died in such a tragedy. Somebody was going the wrong direction at a high rate of speed. Do you know, I don't know of anyone really. I have to say, though, a few people, and this is going to get this is going to get really bad. It's going to get really bad. But I've got, I've, got to, I've got to say all this because nobody else will. I keep telling you at some point, this is going to really matter. We constantly see the president making mistakes, saying horrifically bad things that minutes later, the White House, and that's how they say it, the White House has said the policy hasn't changed. Well, the president just said it did. 
I mean, we're we're living like this is freaking normal. And it's not. It's very, very serious. So here's how it went. Quote, Jackie, you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. Now, let me go further. And incidentally, Biden did release a statement on the day she died. Allegedly, he released it. Somebody did saying that he and his wife, Jill, were shocked, quote, and saddened by the news of Jackie Warlowski's death. But here we go. The White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I'm telling you, I don't dislike anyone, but by the day, this woman infuriates me. As we tell you every day, this is an administration that literally lies about everything. They never admit to a mistake. They lie about everything, no matter what. So check this out. Now, come on, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I don't know what she should say. The president clearly misspoke. I mean, whatever. But here's what she said. And I got to give ABC News reporter Cecilia Vega credit for this. She asked Jean-Pierre why the president called for Walorski during the press briefing. Quote, the president was, as you know, this is this is um, Jean-Pierre. The, and, and she's always looking down, reading that thick book. The president was, as you all know, you guys were watching today's event, a very important event on food insecurity. The president was naming congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work, Jean-Pierre said. Quote, he had already planned to welcome the congresswoman's family to the White House on Friday. There will be a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. So, of course, she was on his mind. She was on top of mind for the president. He very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. So here is Jean-Pierre lying and making it look like he didn't ask for her in the present, that he was honoring her memory. I'm so sick of this liar who lies about everything. Vega, got to give her credit. She then repeated Biden's remarks because the other day, Peter Ducey said, uh, you know, why would Jen Psaki say that if this election uh, is about Biden's record, then then the Democrats are in trouble. And Jean-Pierre said, well, that no, you're taking out of context what she said. No, no. What Ducey did was he gave her exactly what Saki said. And she lies about that. And she lies every day about everything. So Vega then repeated Biden's remarks where he said, quote, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. Jean-Pierre, this, this this just horrible example of a disgraceful public employee, just continued to parrot and maintain that the congresswoman was, quote, on top of mind. 
No, I totally understand. And I just explained. And she didn't even say Warlowski. She just said was on top of mind. You know what we were able to witness today and what the president was able to lift up at this conference, at this event, was how her focus on wanting to deal with combating food insecurity in America. And this is something that he was lifting up and honoring. And again, he knows that he is going to see her family. See, this is what's written in the book, that he's going to see her family this Friday. Well, what's that have to do with him thinking she's still alive? And why would he think that, except for we know that he's damaged? And no one wants to to address this. We're just going to keep pretending that everything is normal. And you get this Jean-Pierre telling you you're the liar. No, no, no. He didn't say, where are you, Jackie? Hey, is Jackie here? Now, if you say, is Jackie here? Where's Jackie? Oh, I guess Jackie's not here today. No, uh, President Biden, she's not here today. But you don't know that. And think about this. This guy is the president of the United States. Now, if you think I'm building a tabernacle around something that's insignificant, guess again. This woman is dead. And he's asking where she's at. And he recently gave a statement about her being dead. Now, We've told you about him shaking air and thinking that someone's there because you can tell. I've seen him get startled like he sees someone. And that's all a part of what's going on here. He's going through something that's terrible. But you shouldn't be in his position. Because that is dangerous. And I'm telling you, it has already gotten people killed. I can't give you specific examples, maybe some of the Afghanistan stuff. This guy's getting people killed because he's weekend at Bernie's and he's calling the shots. It's it, sunglasses, strings on the arms. He's in the motorboat. He's on the couch. He's at the window waving. And try to make somebody care. That's the thing I've said for a long time. You can't make people care what they don't want to care about. Fox News commentary. Our illustrious president once again made himself look like a bumbling idiot. The latest and greatest example is next. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's heroes. These heroes need your help. That's Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children, our nation's most catastrophically injured first responders and veterans, and even our homeless service members. Help these heroes now. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Joe couldn't get any more cringeworthy Wednesday at the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. He sought out and called out a deceased Indiana congresswoman for recognition. He repeatedly searched the crowd for Indiana Republican Representative Jackie Walorski, who died in a tragic car crash along with two of her staffers over the summer. Congresswoman Walorski was part of a bipartisan group of congressional leaders who advocated legislation pushing for the conference last year. You know, it was nice to see Joe reach across the aisle to give her credit and express gratitude, but he apparently wasn't familiar enough with her to remember she's no longer with us. Look. 
look, sometimes Joe makes an honest mistake. This was not that. This was on another level of cringe and embarrassment. You'd think his staff would brief him on something as significant as the death of the representative who pushed for the conference to take place in the first place, but clearly not. Can we all just admit that Joe Biden is cognitively unsound? With each passing day, it becomes more obvious. I'm Tommy Laren. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now. Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I thought about this and a listener brought it up, but I didn't say it because I don't believe it's even in the same universe. A couple of years back during the campaign, Biden was speaking and I think the guy's name was Joe for some reason. I seem to remember that at least that's what I think the guy's name was. He was in a wheelchair. He was paralyzed. And Biden said, Joe, come on, stand up, Joe, stand up. And he go, oh, geez, you can't stand up. And and so that could happen. Everybody's sitting down. He looks like he's sitting down. You're up at a podium. You don't realize the guy's in a wheelchair. I, I commented on that, that at the time, but I don't put that in the same league as a member of Congress dying and you asking for her, um, are you here? Where are you? Oh, I guess she's not here. No, that's not even in the same universe. Check out the fact checkers, though. This is a good one. This is a meme, and it is funny, and it's basically true, which is my favorite kind of humor. Fact checkers. This is about Biden. He didn't say that, and if he did, he didn't mean it. And if he did, you don't understand it. And if you did, and if you did, it's not a big deal. And if it is, it's taken out of context. And if it wasn't, others have done it. And if they haven't, at least that mean orange man is gone. Fantastic. That's basically where we're at. He makes these, they're not gaffes. He makes these beyond cringeworthy statements. He does these incredibly disturbing things. And the media just acts like this is all good. It's no problem. And remember, remember they tortured Trump. He drank a glass of water with two hands. He couldn't walk down the ramp. I mean, federal investigations over this stuff. And this guy, they say, pooped himself with the Pope. Says this crazy stuff. That he says all the time, and everything is just copacetic. We're just going to pretend like this is normal. A listener wrote me right before, I guess it was during the break. I was going to say right before the break, but I didn't see it until the break. And in fact, I'm looking at the time it came in, and we were uh, at the break when this came in. And it says, If these were regular United States citizens, adult protective services would be contacted. Yes. Now, the the, the listeners write me back about comparing this guy with the the wheelchair. There's no comparison. I don't think Biden could see that he was in the wheelchair. So there's no reason to bring that up. We've got him talking to people that aren't there. All these other crazy things he's doing, don't do what the other side does and bring up stuff that has no correlation at all. That guy in the wheelchair, obviously Biden couldn't see that he was in a wheelchair. He thought he was sitting down. 
Hey, Joe, stand up. He wanted to recognize him. Now, he should have known ahead of time because it is somebody he was going to recognize for doing something good. And he knew the guy's name. So I'm not giving him a free pass on it. It, it was a cringeworthy moment. But he just didn't realize that the guy was in a wheelchair. Oh, you can't you can't stand up, Joe. You know, and, and, and it's just Joe. And now we have this this horrific version of Joe. That's exceedingly worse than the one that was in the debates with the president. And remember, he disappeared for many, many days prior to the debates. Then they'd push him out there. And I just always had in my own mind that he's getting experimental stuff, juice. Maybe some kind of experimental dementia shots, uh, beat whatever. B12 on steroids, maybe even steroids, injectable steroids or something. I don't know, but you know the expression, I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. I don't know exactly what this is, but I know it. And I've known it from the beginning. Hey, we have to thank, after the break, we have to thank Gavin Newsom. I know that sounds that sounds a little strange because he's a terrible governor uh, and a complete political opportunist, a political shyster. But we have to thank Gavin Newsom, I swear. And I'll back it up next on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic City Mayor criminal referral to the Atlantic County prosecutor. Read my story. It's breaking news. The Atlantic City Council president said, quote, we were lied to. We have that story. And it's 20 years. I have to. I have to share this again. It's 20 years since Paul McCartney played Atlantic City, and it was wonderful. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Clouds will increase from south to north today, and yeah, those clouds are from the very northern edge of Ian. It's going to be a calm, dry, and comfortable weather day. High temperature 68, slightly below normal for late September. Mostly cloudy and cool tonight, low 52. Cloudy skies in 67 tomorrow. An increasing chance of showers through the afternoon and evening. Periods of moderate to heavy rain expected Saturday morning through midday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Finding great candidates to hire. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. 37 minutes past the hour. So we have California Governor Gavin Newsom to thank for this. And I think you're going to agree with me. But if you don't, it's fine. Split decisions. This is a program that's uh, very open to split decisions. Not a problem. We used to do a Wednesday program called split decision where we um fred cerny and i would just go back and forth pretty much everything i agreed with he didn't agree with and a lot that he agreed with i didn't agree with but it was a lot of fun 
and we did that for several years. Split decision Wednesday. Gavin Newsom, back in January, and we told you about this, he overruled the two parole commissioners who were going to let Sirhan Sirhan go free, saying he was no longer a risk. And I know you know this, but and let me not insult you, but just to put the um, the case out on the floor, Sirhan Sirhan is the man who assassinated presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy in 1968. And I believe, and it would have really been something, I believe that Robert Kennedy was going to go on to defeat Richard Nixon in the election. He would have won the nomination and the Democratic nomination, and I believe he would have defeated Nixon. I think Nixon felt that way too. That I think he even said that privately, that I'm going to lose to a second Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy, Sirhan Sirhan, changed the course of history. You think about this. If you could ever do it, be a great movie plot, but if you could prevent Kennedy from being killed, either one of them, but let's just say prevent Robert Kennedy from being killed. And if Robert Kennedy became the president and he would have taken office on January 20th, 1969, he would have been a two-term president. What would the country have looked like? What would Vietnam have exactly looked like? Robert Kennedy's, if you want to call it obsession, but certainly clearly focus on uh, the mob and crime. What would the country have looked like and who would have followed Kennedy? I think about these things once in a while. Kennedy would have served two terms until 76, right? And then what would have happened? Jimmy Carter would not have been elected president. The pendulum almost always swings. It's uncanny, but it does. So a Republican probably would have become president in 1976. I don't think it would have been Gerald Ford because Gerald Ford only became vice president and then president because of Agnew resigning, Nixon picking Ford, Ford then being the nominee in 76. Would Reagan have ever been president? Maybe he would have won in 1976. Maybe not. And then if he didn't, time probably would not have been on his side and he most likely would never have become president. And then you keep going right down the lane and probably everybody that followed. George H.W. Bush would have never been president. George W. Bush would have never been president. Clearly, if his father wasn't, he wouldn't have been. The Bush brothers probably wouldn't even have become governors if their father didn't become vice president and then president. And I don't know what to say about Clinton or Obama. I just don't know. But I think the other things are almost provable. They're not, but they're almost. So Sirhan Sirhan 
is now asking a judge to free him to reverse the decision by Governor Gavin Newsom. This is why I'm saying we have to thank Governor Newsom, who I believe only overrode the uh, parole decision because he's running for president. Think about this. He, if, if he was just governor of a goofy-ass Democrat psycho state, he would have just let that go. And you know it. You know it. And I know it. And you know that I know that you know that I know. No doubt. But he's running for president. It's like when Obama ran as a pro-life candidate. And I said everybody at the time, it's a fraud right after the election. He'll fix that. And of course he did. But we have Gavin Newsom and the fact that Gavin Newsom in his sick dreams believes that he's going to be president of the United States. He looks in the mirror with his WWF uh, best gravelly voice and says, I am the president. He thinks it. What's hilarious about it is, does he does he even think about what a horrible governor he is, how bad his state is run, what terrible shape they're in? And that how could the country want to be like that? It kind of matters if you want to be president. It kind of matters. Hey, what kind of job are you doing with the job that you have before we promote you to the biggest job on planet Earth? Let's see how you're doing with the job that you have. Subject of a recall that if the timing were any different, they strung it out and strung it out and strung it out. There were times during it where he would have been removed. They just let you forget about that he had the the massive recall effort. So I know this. And like I always tell you when it's a fact, I can't prove this, but I know it. I know it. And I know I'm right. Newsom only overrode the parole commissioners because he's running for president. And you can't run for president. Hey, I vote for me for president. I let the guy that killed president. Uh, I was going to say President Kennedy that killed Bobby Kennedy. I, I let him go because he said he's no longer a bad guy. Isn't that great? The parole commissioner said he's no longer a threat to the public. How do you know he's not? These people that get out, they get out, they do all they say all the right things. Oh yes, I, I I'm not the same. I, I I what I did was wrong and you know, I know it was wrong. And they get out and they commit a murder that day. Not all, but but some. And here's a way to just protect the American people. And and remember, I am the one that told you decades before it happened that these Radical lefties, they would let John Hinckley out of prison. I people say, "Oh, come on! He he almost killed the president. He came like a like a. I can't even tell you how close he came to killing President Reagan. Miraculous that President Reagan survived that. So close to dying, and of course he's out." And this Sirhan Sirhan will get out, too. You wait and see. Uh, It's just that Gavin Newsom wants to look tough on crime. 
so he can't look weak by letting the guy that killed a Kennedy out of prison. That's the only reason that Sirhan Sirhan is still in prison. We'll be back. When we come back, let me shift gears from all of this terribleness, and I'll talk about something very, very happy. And I was very fortunate last night. I'll I'll tease it. I woke up about three minutes before it happened. And I've told you, I don't, I don't know what it is. I have this miraculous knack for being able to fall asleep and wake up at exactly the right time. I've done it for decades. I do it over and over and over again. And I did it again last night. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you, great one. Uh, It's 51 minutes past the hour. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, our always much anticipated wide open forum that I cherish. John Zarek at 8, Joanne Daly of REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor fame uh, expected today in the 9 o'clock hour. And things continue to not look so hot right now uh, in real estate. Property values have gone down for the first time in 10 years. Not a whole lot, though, just a little bit. But I just hope it's not the beginning of something that's going to be very, very bad. It's fractional right now. I I think um, I shared with you. I'll look at it when I'll look at it again when Joanne gets here. But I looked at it with Bill. Jeez, uh, sorry, sorry, Jim. Bill, Bill is Jim's dad. Uh, with Jim Alamut last week, and I believe that the Ponderosa it was a very, it was about a three thousand dollar declination in the value. Very small, um, but nonetheless, the first time in a decade. And if that's the beginning of something that's not small, then that's no small thing. All right, good news now. I make it easily until 7.07 p.m. Aaron Judge is leadoff hitter. And when they're on the road, of course, the Yankees are batting first. So, boom, right in the batter's box. And, of course, walks. Because that's all that Toronto has basically been doing is walking Aaron Judge, four times the day before, his first at bat yesterday. So I am absolutely exhausted because I have not been sleeping. Uh, I I never sleep a lot, but I've been getting an, an unhealthy little amount of sleep for the better part of a week now, at least a week. And I was just exhausted. I turned over. I'm a side sleeper. I don't know if I've ever told you that before. So I turn over, and I am out. So I miss his second at-bat, third at-bat, and I miraculously, because I always do, I woke up, and I open my eyes, and I open my ears, and I hear Michael Kay say that Aaron Judge will bat in the next half inning. It was it was a guarantee because he was going to be the third hitter, I think, in the inning or something like that. So it's it's in the bottom of the sixth, 
late in the bottom of the sixth when I woke up. Next thing I know, there's Aaron Judge. Seventh inning, and another three and two count, getting garbage pitches the whole at bat, low dirt balls, mostly outside and low. Some of them were center and low, and it's three and two, and Margie called it. She she called the shot her around around the world. She said he was going to do it. She was awake uh, with me. I said, oh. I said, I can't believe it. I I I did it again. I'm I'm awake, and he just annihilates a line drive home run. That there's a man in the left field bleachers, and two of them actually, that are never going to forget what they missed, because they would have caught a ball. His glove was there. He just missed it. But it, it was a rocket. It, it took 3.8 seconds for Aaron Judge to make history. Aaron Judge now is the co-record holder as the Major League Baseball all-time season, single season, home run record holder. That's the Hurley Doctrine. You know, I'm usually open to other opinions. I'm not on this. I am completely closed for business. I laugh at and I don't entertain any of the goofballs that want to say the real record is 73 and this and that. There are only three people who have ever, ever legitimately hit 60 or 61 home runs in one season, and they are all Yankees. They are Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, and Aaron Judge. And I think what's been really cool, uh, I don't know if he's going to continue to go because obviously now the Yankees are off today and then they have three games at home against Baltimore. I I believe, I feel very, very good about the fact that when we come back on Monday, we will be able to regale that Aaron Judge is the all-time home run season single season record holder uh the other ones don't count barry bonds doesn't count sammy sosa doesn't count mark mcguire doesn't count they don't count and i'm i'm going to actually spend some quality time i'm going to write a letter to the commissioner of baseball i really think they need to have i don't mind that they'll put in a separate column the records took place. The games were played. The you know the the stats were amassed. But I would like to see asterisks next to Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa, and that the recognized records be. If it's a tie, it could look. He, you know what I think is really um, ridiculous. They're actually ESPN had it. I went on my app uh, early this morning. They had Aaron Judge finally hits 61st. He went seven games without a home run. Finally? Finally? He went like 21 at-bats or 25 at-bats. And when you count all the walks, they're plate appearances, but they're not even at-bats. He, he had like 15 at-bats, maybe. Finally? Finally? The... ESPN is so out to lunch when it comes to sports. 
It's all they do, except they now do politics, too. And they, they just they miss so much. How can it be finally when it's seven games? I think Judge had only a handful of times all year where he ever went five games in a row without hitting a home run. And he did have a stretch, I think, in April when he went nine games without hitting a home run. But finally, it's just so crazy what they do. But I was really fired up. But you know, I I was tired because I was asleep within, I watched them replay the home run a bunch of times. And I made it for about another five minutes after he hit the home run. And then that was that. Gonesville. And thank God, I really needed it. So I got a little bit of sleep from about 7.30 until whenever that was, 9.30, whenever it was. Watched that and then went back to sleep and, and actually feel really good today. So, yeah, that's great news. Aaron Judge makes history. He is the single-season all-time home run record holder with Roger Maris. And I know that most sane people agree with that. There are insane people who think that the steroid stuff should count, and you're entitled to that, but you would be wrong. Open Forum begins right now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Six hours. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. How about that? Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, thank you. It's almost seven minutes past the hour, and I have to share with you something that I'm going to blame you for not giving me the opportunity to share it with you more than a week ago because even though we have four hours and six minutes together, uh, there just doesn't seem to be the room to get certain things in at all. I've been meaning to tell you this for days and days and days. How often have I said over the past 31 years how little loyalty there is left and wherever you have loyalty, hold on to it tight and where you have great relationships in business, really appreciate it. Because when it's gone, you just don't know what you're going to backfill it with. I'll explain. For over 25 years, anytime I had a problem with my car, look how wonderful it was to be able to call Charlie Kane, the auto plaza at English Creek. If my car broke down, which I think only happened once in all these years, he came, you know, had the tow truck come and get it. I never had to worry about anything, never missed a service call. I mean, just parts, new tires, whatever you need. Never had to worry about anything. Bring it right in, Mayor. Bring it right in. Bring it right in. Okay. Auto Plaza is now gone. And I'm on my own. And I pick up the phone because I figure in my phone, I have a phone number for a place does, that does work on a car like mine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring this place up because I'm not, I'm not looking to trash anybody or hurt any, you know, that's not my, my style. I don't want to hurt anybody's business or anything like that. 
I'm just going to tell you what I experienced. So I call a place that I know works on, on my type of car. And I say, I want to get an oil change. I said, the light just came on, the warning light inside my dash, that the right front brake light is out. And to check it, and I, I did check it, and it is. I want to get my tires rotated and check the inflation. I want you to check at the time that you're doing that how much meat is left on the brake pads because I'm, I can't, I still can't believe it. I'm driving on original brakes for 10 years. Uh, I, I don't know if that is crazy, abnormal, or what, but it's true. And even though the car starts beautifully and everything seems fine, the battery is original. It's 10 years old, and I want them to look at that to tell me, you know, that the battery is going to be good going into the winter season. I just don't ever want to self-inflict, you know, have a thing where my car doesn't start because, oh, my gosh, you have a 10-year-old battery. You should have it checked. So those were the five things I wanted done. Very nice woman is on the other end of the phone. Now, this is over a week ago, and she said, um, we can see you on November 4th, November 4th. Now, meanwhile, that was about like September 20th, November 4th. So I laughed and I said, you realize that's like over six weeks from now. I said, I'm, I drive every day when it's dark out and I've got part of my, the headlight is working fine, but the brake light section, it's a, there's multiple lights I don't know if you ever looked at it, but there's multiple lights within. You don't just have high beams and low beams. There's other lights in there, uh, depending on the make model of the car. So this lights out, and you can tell the the one uh, light is brighter than the other because there's this one right front brake light is out. You know, they're rotating the tires, the oil change. I'm I'm getting the oil changed a few hundred miles before I need to. I mean, I I, I could have waited if this was not something like changing the light. And just that I want to get it done. Uh, so she goes, oh, yeah, I know. I, I said, well, listen, I said, have a nice day. I'm not going to be able to do business with you because I didn't expect you to say bring it in tomorrow. But I didn't expect you to tell me to bring it in in more than six weeks from now. So I said, good luck. I said, but I'm not going to be able to do business with you. And so I called a friend of mine who has a similar car to mine. And I said, who does good work, you know, that's honest and reliable and reasonable? I don't expect any, you know, miraculous come in today, but that I'm not going to be told come in next year. So I have a place and I call. And this is just a day ago. And he's so nice. He knew who I was, which was made me feel like. You know, it's a home game. And I told him everything I wanted to get done. And he said, bring it in on Thursday right after your show. And I was like, all right. So that's when I tell you about relationship building and when you have something that really is special, you never should take it for granted because the first call I made is very reputable place, by the way. Nothing at all to badmouth them about their name or anything like that. But my first call after 25 years of Harry, bring your car in tomorrow or bring it in today. I got six and a half weeks. That's like when you call a doctor 
and you're burning up with 103 fever and they want to make an appointment for you in a month. And you know what I'm talking about because you've all had it happen to you. Uh, so everywhere in your life that you have something beautiful like that, don't take it for granted. Remember to thank those relationships because this is what's waiting for you on the other side. See you in, see you in two months. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Rosemary from Ventnor. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Okay, the title is Many Are Called. <clears throat> Do you want to hear it? I can't wait to hear it. Okay. During the lockdown, I thought of things that were profound. This verse came over me. It was perplexing, as you can see. The verse was, many are called, but few are chosen. I thought and thought what this could mean, but on the word, I did lean. Again, it came to me, many are called, but few are chosen. Why, I asked. Then it came over me because few want to be chosen. So are we going to stand up and speak up for God the Lord Jesus, life and his children? Or are we going to go along to get along with the maddening crowd? Many are called, but who will answer the call? Will we? Very good. Thank you, Rosemary. You're welcome. Beautiful. And I appreciate it. More of your phone calls right after the break. Hey, I want to tell you I said yes, but it was it was kind of hilarious. So I receive a phone call yesterday, and it's from the representative for Michael Myers. Now, you understand there's, there's Mike Myers, the comedian, and there's Michael Myers uh, from Halloween, the movies with Jamie Lee Curtis. So we're going to do it. I decided I want to do the interview. And I'm going to tell you the main reason I want to do the interview. I've never missed one of the Halloween movies. And there's another one coming out right before Halloween this year. It's right around the corner. I think maybe it's even out uh, this Friday. But it's very soon, if not this Friday, with Jamie Lee Curtis and Mike Myers and all this. I'm going to interview Michael Myers from Halloween. And I'm just cracking myself up when I'm booking this appointment because he never speaks. He has never spoken a word in any of the Halloween movies. And yet he will speak on this program because we are early in the morning. And I just love this for some reason. WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station all because of you and we know it. Here is Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. He's speaking and he asked, if, uh, is, is Representative Jackie Larsky, um in attendance? I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Jackie Walorski is dead. 
she died sadly uh what back in august in a car accident he'd forgotten i i i i, I can't handle it i really can't um but that's your joe biden that that's that's the american president Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. You know, there's something about fall that makes me want my house to feel more like a home. And that's why my fall project is new custom window treatments. Yep, from our friends at Blinds.com. Now, a fall home refresh doesn't need to be a hassle. And Blinds.com offers the premium selection of blind shades, shutters, drapes, and it's so affordable and shipping is always free. Just go to Blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% off site-wide. Now through October the 4th, all shutters are 40% off from our friends at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 34 of their shipmates were killed, and they were ordered to remain silent. Justiceforliberty.org. The motor torpedo boats did strafe our ship, shooting our life rafts. As a matter of fact, they committed some war crimes. That was no accident. The United States-Israeli relationship is based on fabrication and lies. We've had too many wars because of Israel in the Middle East. Please visit justiceforliberty.org and contribute whatever you can. Paid for by If Americans Knew. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. 20 minutes past the hour. Your phone calls begin right now, 609. Well, they actually began with Rosemary, but they continue right now. 609-407-1450. I'm so happy at the amount of agreement that I received uh, and looked at during the break. I don't always... I don't need affirmation because uh, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I'm I'm the son of a World War II hero, Bronze Star Medal Award winner, uh, incredibly um, principled, decent, amazing man, great leader, great public speaker. I mean, just a, a, a incredible role model. And he taught me at a very young age, one person with the truth is a majority. So I know. That Aaron Judge is the all-time home run record holder, right now co-record holder with Roger Maris. But so many guest listeners, I didn't see one disagree. Every single person wrote in and agreed that none of the Royd era people should count. I don't even know how that's a debate. They did it, but that doesn't mean that it's good. Pete Rose did great numbers. He's the all-time hit king. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, those records should not count, period. 609-407-1450, and they never will with me. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, there might be a reason, boss, that you uh, let into my call with that, because that's where I'm going with this. Um, you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. Um, those records don't count. No. I'll bring up a name to you. Maybe, maybe you can opine on it a minute. Um, you know, that I, I don't see these records as being anything. How about Lance Armstrong? You remember Lance Armstrong? Well, of course I do. Uh, the uh, Tour de France uh, champion bicyclist from Texas. Uh, he doesn't count either. He, he was so roided up, Harry, he wasn't even funny. Now, they stripped him of all of his titles, correct? Yes, this yes. is where I'm going with this, yeah. and I and I that's why I'm in agreement with you and your callers. I, I don't I don't see the other records. I see Aaron Judge, and 
I'm glad because now he can break it at Yankee Stadium. Yes. He's coming home now. Oh, this is what we wanted. I can't remember. It, it may have been Margie. Um, actually, it might have been my brother Jay. We all wanted one home run in Toronto and then break the record in Yankee Stadium, which is exactly what happened. Needing two out of the next three games is doable for Judge, but this is so much more uh, you know, makeable, doable at this point that I think he's going to do it. And he also seems to just absolutely tattoo Baltimore pitching. So, yeah, Judge is going to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be nice at Yankee Stadium. That place is going to go ballistic. Yep. That place might crumble to the ground. Remember, though, what they do, though, Matt, they go bananas, and then they go, I mean, library, uh, church quiet. It goes totally quiet. It's so unusual. Then they go bananas again, of course, when he hits. Do you see what they're doing now at Yankee Stadium? They, they, when he gets up, they, when he come, when he's in the batting circle and comes up to the plate, they're, they're going nuts. And yep. then when he gets in the batter's box, they stand. Yes. Like all rise yes. to the judge. Yes. And then they sit down and shut up until he hits. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's crazy. 40, uh, I know. I know. 45, 50,000 people doing it. That's amazing. It's church quiet in there. So a night off. It, uh, and then this weekend, Friday, let's see. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Baltimore. I, I just, I, I know I'm going to come back on Monday, and, and he will have done it. I know it. Uh, I don't, I don't have any problem with taking that, and you're, you're right on the right path. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, your Mets, even though we're not, but we are now. Uh, whew, they, they won last night. Atlanta lost, so the Mets have a one-game lead. That's a very big deal, isn't it? The difference between winning the division and being a wild card team. Yeah, and we got a series coming up with them. It's going to decide it all. That's amazing. It's either you get a buy or you get, or you got to play a three game, you know, playing. Yeah, I don't like that playing stuff because weird stuff can happen. But I do know this. I don't know why, but I think I do know why. I've I've talked about it over the years. The wild card teams in baseball do very, very well and win the World Series many times. And I, I've often just connected the dots and believe that when you need to win games and you go into the playoffs in sort of playoff shape, it's a lot different. Like the Dodgers have some 20-some game lead. No game means anything. They just go every night and they keep winning. And then next thing you know, you know, it's white-knuckle time. You got to do it in the playoffs. Now the Dodgers are very, very good, so I think they'll they'll adapt, they'll adjust, they'll be fine. But if you go back in time, and I did it once, I'm just not prepared right here and right now off the top of my head to remember what my research showed. But the wild card teams in baseball many times win the World Series. Yeah, it's happened a lot. It's it's, it's too much pressure on that lead team. You know, it's like you you, you got a week off and then you, you get a little cold, you get a little rusty a little bit. But I think, but Matt, I think it's also, I, I've talked about this at the college level. If you have a team that dominates all year and they never needed to make the front end of a one-on-one with five seconds left in the game, then when you've never been in like a really close game, they seem to get knocked off in the tournament. Uh the wild card teams, in many cases, needed to win their very last game just to get in, or some of the later games, last few games of the season. And there is something to that because you're already in a playoff 
type mentality. I completely concur. It's it's just something. There's something with the flow of the game. You know what I mean? It's just something with the flow of the game. You just want to keep playing, and that's. I, I know a lot of wild card teams have won. I know it. So Aaron Judge has six games left, Matt. How many home runs will he end the season with? I'm going to say he's going to hit at least at least two more. I'm with you. I And I said this even when he had like 12 games. I said he was going to end the season with 63. What I knew was going to be tough when all of a sudden that next one – it got it got tough. I mean, it it the media went crazy like it took uh, a year, but it took seven games, and it's just tough. When every at bat, everybody's looking. Every baseball game leaves their game and comes to that game to watch Aaron Judge every time he bats. You know, the stadium goes silent like a library. All of it happens, and it's all very unnatural. I think now. The monkey's off his back. He's got the 61st. The rest is gravy. He'll either be tied for the record or he's going to break the record. I think that makes the next one a lot easier. So I do see him hitting a couple more. Well, a lot of these pitchers too, Harry. I mean, they don't want they don't want their name in the record book for giving that up. You know what I mean? So they weren't pitching to him. They walked him four times the other night and whatnot. Yeah. But now it's like, whatever, he's got it. You know, just throw it to him. Let's try and, you know what I mean? Although you could make the case that this one would create more of that because this one breaks the record. And I don't know how many times nobody really knows who pitched Hank Aaron's 714th home run. But a lot of people, including myself, know that Al Downing threw the 715th one. I think this one has that same connotation with it, Matt. Although, I don't think it's a bad thing to be linked with uh, the, the, a player that gets this kind of record. I don't think it, it makes you uh, like some kind of joke or anything. It just connects you to it. Remember, uh, Bobby Thompson and Ralph Branca, the shot heard around the world. They're, they're linked forever. Yeah, I completely concur, sir. Yeah. All right, let me get the bottom of the hour break in. When we come back... You will be the next caller on the Hurley in the Morning program. We're approaching 30 minutes past the hour, and we have three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. You're listening to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. And we know it. And we thank you. And after our next caller... You're going to be the one right after that, so don't go away. We're coming right back in just a little bit. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at exactly 30 minutes past the hour. Atlantic City Mayor criminal referral to the Atlantic County prosecutor. Now, I leave that as a question mark, but read my story. We've got a lot of info on this. A criminal referral, I believe, is heading to Will Reynolds. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet said on this program, quote, we were lied to. And you're going to see a John Devlin apology is coming. And it was 20 years since Paul McCartney played Atlantic City. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Bottom line for Ian's eventual impacts on South Jersey, it's going to be inclement and miserable for part of the weekend, possibly even downright nasty for a time Saturday morning. For today, dry and comfortable. Increasing clouds, high temperatures 68. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 52. Cloudy and 67 tomorrow with an increasing chance of showers late day. We get soaked through the first half of Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. John Zara coming up in about 20 minutes. And then we have Joanne Daly, I believe. And we'll talk real estate in the 9 o'clock hour. And obviously, so much has changed there now. You're looking at mortgages over 7%. A lot. A lot is happening. We told you in our opening comments, it was the very first comment that I made before we got into any other issues. Because we always believe in priorities on this program. And certainly what's happening in Florida is absolutely devastating. It's heartbreaking. I said in advance, uh, please, no credit, because it just was an absolute certainty that there was going to be death and that there would be property damage in the billions of dollars, probably um, 60 to $70 billion in property damage. And that might be low. Uh, and I said, as soon as we got to first light, this morning, we were we were going to get terrible news. The Lee County Sheriff has confirmed that fatalities in Lee County are in the hundreds. Hundreds of people who were alive yesterday are gone. And honestly, I, I, I don't know why when you get evacuation orders, I don't know why people don't listen. I mean, I, I want to try to understand, oh my gosh, everything I own, every, you know, I've got a boat, I've got a house, I, my whole life. But that's just stuff. That's just stuff. So heartbreaking. Lee County Sheriff confirms just minutes ago, the fatalities in their county are in the hundreds. Can you imagine what we're going to learn over the next few hours? Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Well, uh, I was going to say it's a great day in Brigantine, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to rub it in. I, after what you just said, that's that uh, even I'm surprised that it was that high. I mean, well, you know, we, well, for, first of all, I, you shouldn't be. I mean, they showed where it was going to hit and it's a monster storm that hit one mile below Category 5. It's almost impossible for a Category 5 hurricane to even hit. So I'm not surprised at all. This is exactly what I expected. I expected this could wind up being thousands if you if you take it throughout the um, the state. But it's certainly in the many hundreds, and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. Well, my, my surprise comes because uh, uh, Governor uh, DeSantis uh, issued a state of an emergency two weeks ago. Like but, it's not like. But but, but Andy, they don't leave. People don't leave. They, you know what's the, what's the term? We hear it here all the time when I beg people to leave when we're in this kind of position, and they won't leave. I'm riding it out. That's the term. Going to ride it out. I'm riding it out. Here's the problem. It's not just the wind. It's the water. 
and you can't ride certain things out. Certain people believe that these homes, because of the tie rods and the roofs, are tied down and they have the the rebar through the through the concrete and all these different things and they're 14 and 15 feet up in the air on the stilts uh when you get something like this andy it is just it has the power to just annihilate that's true well um i was going to uh, start out uh, a couple of things i want to get to the mechanic stuff but i did two things this morning that are two of my least favorite things to do over the course of the year. So the first is the the first morning I go out for my daily three mile morning constitutional. Uh, That's a walk to those in Rio Linda, as Rush Limbaugh used to say. Uh, I had to wear a sweatshirt. (laughs) I still, I still wore shorts, but I had to put the sweatshirt on this morning. That's the first thing. And the second thing was to open up all the windows in my house and turn the heater on to get that funky, dead, stale air out of the system. Because if you wait until it's a really cold day where you need the heater and your windows are closed and then you get, and you have to breathe that schmutz, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. that awful smell. Yeah, the first time you turn the heater on, there's a burning type of unpleasant smell. Yeah, so I open up all the windows in my house and I let the heater run for 10 minutes and clear that all out because... I know maybe in a couple of weeks I'm going to actually need the heater, and uh, I don't want to have that in my house because then you can't get rid of that. You know, it takes a long time. Good call. The windows closed. Good planning. So that's my second thing. Now about your mechanic. So uh, my brother is an auto mechanic, and uh, he's been doing this since he was a kid, and he's had a shop, and um, he actually built a garage behind his house state-of-the-art with the lift, two bays. He's got a big screen TV. He has it wired for sound. He's got all his pictures. It's like his man cave behind his house. He he walks out the back door of his house, and he's 25 feet, and he's in his garage. He's got the air conditioning. He's in his own world. And he built this for the day that he would retire from his regular shop because he owns a building, free and clear, uh, another shop. that he That's where he earned his living for years. But he figured once he retired and got rid of the shop, then he could always tinker and do what he wanted to do in his own garage because he's a car guy like me. So he made that decision last year to retire, uh, especially with the fossil in chief we have in the White House Hmm. and the things that we see coming. And now this was even before the 87,000 IRS agents and all this kind of stuff. It's like you're you're not going to be able to conduct a business. Uh, he would not be able to do, uh, if he was starting today, my brother would not be able to do what he's been able to do under the current situation. It just, and I think a lot of business owners would tell you that. They do. But anyway. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. They, they have broken. That's why I say our country is broken. They have broken our country to where you can't do now what you used to be able to do. Why Why do you think every day I am writing an article about the next business that has closed, whether it's the um, um, Sensei Master Mal uh, Ninja Academy closed after 46 years or Ward's Pastry after 98 years or the Piccadilly Pub or you just keep going? I mean, 
you can't do what you used to be able to do. All these businesses that have been around 20, 30, 40, 50 years and beyond that now have to close one or two days a week because the staff is exhausted. They don't have the, the ability to retain staff. I mean, they've broken our country, Andy. Yeah, well, and, and you know, Bob Progner will tell you the same thing, and he probably has. Well, the thing is, so th- this is a generational thing, Harry. You, myself, Bob, my brother, we are of this generation that we work. You know, we don't want free stuff. We want our independence. We want to make good for ourselves and not rely on anyone else. And my brother's now retired almost two years. Actually, he's retired, technically retired two years. He's actually selling his shop to a guy who has leased the other bay from him for many years. He said, when you're ready to retire, I want to buy the shop. So he's in the process of buying the shop. So my, but my brother now is still going out in his garage. The only difference is it's, it's behind his house and he, and he has his a few of his loyal customers that are with him for many years, he can't say no to them. He's got one guy who has his car, his wife's car. He's got five kids. They all have cars. They've been going to my brother for years, and he wants to stop, but he feels loyal to these people. He's worked on their cars for years, and he simply can't say no. And it's, you know, it's very hard for people of our generation to retire because you know, it's one of those things, Harry, if you've ever hit hard times and then you've come back and you're doing really well and you always have that fear, you never know when it's going to end. Yeah. And, and my brother doesn't need to work anymore. He's set, but he just cannot turn down the work. You know, obviously there's the money that that's involved, even though he doesn't need it. It's just this weird thing with our generation. No, no, it's not weird. It's not weird. We're, we are the children of the greatest generation. And unfortunately, what's happening now between the body politic, these horrifically bad socialist Democrat policies, and what they've done to create this entitlement atmosphere where a Nancy Pelosi, for example, says, if you don't want to work, you shouldn't have to work. They're 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 completely changing the culture of our country, but it's not it's not weird for us. We learn from the greatest generation that saved the world. Well, it's true. And, and you know, when you take away someone's motivation to work, someone's work ethic, you are you are stealing from this person something that is is vitally important to that person. You know, you always talk about your self-esteem and all this kind of stuff. You know, when a person starts with nothing and makes something of himself and creates something, and then you, you, you know, the years go by and you look back and you say, look at what I've been able to build for myself and nobody gave it to me. I earned every bit of it. And you sit in that chair uh, at night, you know, when you finally take a few minutes to relax, maybe watch a little TV and you look around at what you've accomplished yeah. and it's, and, and you, Harry, what, what you've done with yourself, it, it, it's not a product in the sense, something you can touch. You didn't build a ship or something, but you've created this product over 30 years. And I know y- 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 there's going to be a day where 
we're all going to have to stop. But, you know, that's a very, very hard thing. But, you know, you look at what you've created. But then <laughs> it's then what do you do? You know, we we just many of us don't have hobbies hmm. because we love our work. Right. So our work is our, you know, it's a very, very difficult thing. But what they are stealing from the next generation is 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 everything that gives them purpose, yep. that gives their life meaning and, and value. And, and, it, and it should be criminal. And they do it in the name of consolidating power and having control over the citizens because they don't want citizens to be independent and to not need them. They want you to have to need them because then they continue to hold power. But you already know that. Andy, it's one of my favorite calls. You know, we could talk about Biden pooping his pants in front of the Pope and and all these just psycho things that are going on. This is one of my favorite phone calls in all these years together that that we have had. I've got to go, though, because we promised some other folks we're going to get them in. And we're going to have nine minutes when we come back. So please don't go away. You're going to be next. And you'll be after that. We'll get you both in in just a few minutes. Life is hectic here in South Jersey. But one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Back to your calls. i got to share this. In ten, give me 10 seconds, and I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to bring the next caller on. Caller, your mic is on. Just let me say this real quick, because this just brightened my day. I'm on my news feed on Facebook during the break. I'm reading all this great stuff that people write, and I do enjoy reading what you have to say. And I go to a friend of mine, Joanne. And we go back to 1979 to the present. And she writes, some of you all never had to push your own car, then jump in and pop the clutch. And it shows. Now, how many times have I told the story when I could not afford to make a fix to my car and I had to park far from civilization because I needed room to be able to push the car, jump in, pop the clutch, and then boom, it would start right up. And many times I would just ask people, hey, could you give me, you know, could you help me out? And then you have the door open, you're pushing the car, you jump in, you you, you pop the clutch, car starts, you I always wave out the window as I'm going away. But it's true. It builds character. It's it's uh it's so cool that she wrote this. Some of you all have never had to push your own car, then jump in and pop the clutch. And it shows you you had to be like Mr. Miyagi. The car was moving and it had to be moving. Oh, the worst thing ever would be if you blew it, if you pop the clutch and you didn't just because you then stopped the car and you got to push it all over again. That is a great post. Caller, you're on the air. Welcome. Thanks for checking in. Hey, uh, it's Charles uh, at Carver Township. Uh, how you doing, Harry? Good, Charles. Um, good morning, Harry. Harry from Egg Harbor Township here. Um, 
You know the government is broken when it's easier to get a federally illegal drug like weed than it is to get registration in your own town. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to make you laugh there. You um, did. You did, Charles. I'd like, I'd like you to do something for me. I would like you to go on to New Jersey's website, okay. njmvc.com. Yep. I'd like you to scroll halfway down the page, and you'll see a map. You can then click on vehicle centers because they separated the two DMVs. Mm-hmm. And then and you don't have to do this now, but I'd like you to explain to me how the second congressional district is not being punished by the government. There is not a single motor vehicle that you can register your vehicle or do title work in the second congressional district. And I'm sure you're familiar with the second congressional district. I'm very familiar. Now, registration, though, because I know somebody that just did it, you can go. It is in the second congressional district. You can go to somewhere in Cape May County. And I'm not talking about even that far. You're about if you're in Northfield or I'll just say whatever, Atlantic City, Northfield, Linwood, whatever, Summers Point, so on, Egg Harbor Township, because you're Charles from Egg Harbor Township. You're probably about 35, 40 minutes away from where someone that I know just went to get their registration done. It is in the second district, but I know what you're saying. It should be right over there where the Shore Mall used to be. You should be able to just go in there and get it done. But they took all the printers out. I don't understand why they did, you know, the pandemic and and all that. But once again, you know, I talk about it all the time. Our country is broken. This is yet another aspect of that. Although I will say, unless you're registering something rather unique, uh, you can do all that online and you don't need to go. If you wait more than six months after it's expired, then they make you go in and get it done. So most things, Charles, you can register just on the feature that's on the same website that you're talking about. I do it every June. Uh, and then it just it and it comes very quickly. I mean, it comes in the mail. So but I get your point. It's not it's not as convenient as it should be. But I want to tell you, you can register uh, in the second district. Um, they they have they have brought that one back online. Yep. So Cape May is open for both of them. Yeah. And I was going to get that to that afterwards. OK, um, you, let, you, let me ask you a question then, because I know you're a good guy. Why did you say you couldn't get it done in the second district when you knew you could? Um, basically, I was going to get to that. Okay, that they have open Cape May. Yeah, and why can they open Cape May but not open Egg Harbor Township? And I agree. They I actually, yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely. The, they actually hid the correct map, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to come off as dishonest. And I was going to get to that. Okay, that's okay. But originally, originally when the pandemic happened. You could not do it in the second congressional district. Now that is true. I'd really, I would really like you to look at that map before they change it. Okay. Because they they, they still haven't updated that, and they hit the other map. Yeah. So, and by like, the way, I was not trying to make you look bad. I just knew you could, uh, and and I wanted to get that out there so that people didn't have the false, you know, the wrong impression. But largely, your point is correct. It's not nearly as convenient. Like, I'm dreading. I want to make an appointment. I want to get this. Fortunately, I have a passport. And I know that's I got to get that renewed in the next few months. But I am I know I'm in good, good hands because Joe Girallo is just wonderful. I'll get that done. 
So the real ID is not that important to me because I have a passport. But I want to get the real ID. But it's a hassle. I got to make sure I got all these points put together. And it's just nothing's easy anymore. Correct. So you're wondering why it's hard to get an appointment to get your car service. Um, I'm going to tell you, because I'm in an industry, um, this pandemic has decimated the industry. Basically, you took people that are paid flat rate, so they only get paid for the jobs that they work on. And if they don't make the hours, they only get paid for the hours they make. So you took a pandemic and you said, you're essential, you have to work, you can't get unemployment, you can't sit home like everybody else. But we're going to tell everybody not to come in and have your car worked on because it's dangerous. Wow. So a lot of people have either become alcoholics, decided to leave the industry, um, got addicted to drugs. So right now we're kind of in a bad spot with mechanics right now. Well, I was very fortunate because, and and I think you know this, we did a car show every Monday and we still visit with Mayor Kane every Monday. We did a car show for over two decades. I was blessed. I had service department at at my service i mean it was magnificent once they closed my first phone call yes was about a six and a half week wait which i quickly said no to that and i did get an appointment within 24 hours so i was very fortunate uh but charles thank you uh keep keep checking in i enjoy our calls a lot John Zarek is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. John Zarek is here. John Zarek is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek present smart law with John Zarek every Thursday morning in the eight o'clock hour. The law offices of John Zarek. They're always standing by. Their attention to detail is master class. They're just a great team that loves what they do and cares about you and yours. To reach John, call 609-641-2266, 609-641-2266. If I've inspired you to call John, take a moment to tell him that. And as John begins the program, I know he's aware of this, but let me just put this out onto the floor. We said it in advance of the um the massive Hurricane Ian strike to keep everyone in your thoughts and prayers. That that means including Governor Ron DeSantis, because you can imagine the burden that he is feeling. And we, we knew this um, and we're sad to report it. But we knew when something is this massive and was just one mile below Category 5 status, you know, the first place that it hits, it's going to hit really hard. And the sheriff of Lee County Carmine Marcino has confirmed not an exact number, but has confirmed that hundreds, that's plural, hundreds have died. John, that's a sad way to start the day, my friend. It really is. It really is. Uh, It's, uh, 
you know, we, we all have pride. We all have, uh, a desire to push back and, uh, uh, well, most of us have that. And, and, uh, I think it's a natural human trait, but, um, you know, sometimes that has to be mixed. It always has to be mixed with uh, good judgment and, yep. and, uh, you know, there were. Hey, John, can I ask you a question? And believe me, I don't want to be crass at all, but we have dealt with this here in our area whenever there is a massive storm that and, you know, look, they, they do the best they can. They say it's going to hit. And then if it doesn't hit, people say, oh, my God, I left. I, I, I evacuated for nothing. Be happy that it didn't hit. I mean, we don't have control of these things. They they're better than ever at forecasting. So Superstorm Sandy didn't hit as hard as it could have hit, although it still hit very hard and other ones uh, before and after that. How come people I don't understand the psychology. If I got you don't have to tell me twice. If someone told me something massive is going to hit and you need to leave now, then you get to the point where they say you can't leave now and we can't come and help you uh, until this is over. Why don't people leave, John? Why do they stay? Well, as I was saying, there's a there's a natural pushback that humans have, and it's it's not a bad thing most of the time. You know, if if we're challenged or threatened, um, you know, certainly with with the United States, with Americans, we we want to push back. We don't want to give in to anything that uh, that is threatening us without uh, some pushback. You know, ultimately we we do, but. Uh, in very dangerous situations, but uh, that that sometimes is not uh, a thing that works in our favor. So, you know that uh, you can't blame people for that. It's I think it's kind of genetic. Um, it's in our nature. And uh, for- yeah, I'm going to push back on this. Um, I don't I don't understand it. I really don't. If it's something where you know you just have a different idea like i want to go fix something and i'm going to do it this way and you could show me that you could do it an hour three hours less time and it would even be better and i say i'm going to do it my way john but thanks i appreciate you know your your advice and all of that but here it's experts telling you that something is going to hit that can kill you and it's going to cause catastrophic damage and then people don't leave i just i've never this is not nothing new anybody's been listening to the show uh, for, for you know any amount of time knows that I've been saying this for 31 years. I don't understand. I don't understand that. You know, I, but I've talked to people uh, because they've called me or they've written me and they say, "Well, you, you don't understand." Let me tell you, this is everything I own. I'm not leaving. You know, I'm uh, quote unquote. I'm going to ride it out. I've heard that. That's been put into my headset, and if I'm on a phone, into my ear set, John, I would say hundreds of times over the past three decades. I still don't understand it. I know what you said, but I still don't understand it because to me, it's not one of those things where it's just, you you know, we're stubborn or we have our own way of doing things. This is the experts telling you that this thing is going to hit at about 155 miles an hour. And the first thing it hits, it's going to absolutely demolish and that we're begging you. That's the term they use. I've heard all of them say it, including the governor begging you to leave but they don't leave john yeah i i agree harry it's uh it's it's just as i say it's part of human nature it's not part of everyone but uh there are not there are people that uh they 
don't necessarily trust those statements. True. Um, the, the experts absolutely say if you smoke cigarettes, you're going to get lung cancer, you're going to get heart disease, but people still smoke. True. And they True. say, you know, if you pick up drugs and try it once, uh, certain drugs, th- that may be your last chance. You may never have a chance to stop again because, uh, it takes possession of you and, and, um, it happens. I can, I can tell you also, my, my father lived on the beach block. Um, the storm 30 years ago, I'm not sure the name of that one. It was supposed to be a, uh, a, a massive killer. He wouldn't leave the house. You know, he didn't, you know, he, he was, cons- he just wanted to stay. Um, you know, he's a World War II vet. He was, uh, um, you know, a pushback type guy. He was, he was smart, but he just made that decision that he wanted to uh, take the risk and yeah. be there. So. I will say, and it did happen a number of times, people did evacuate, then they might evacuate the second time, and then they start to believe that, hey, what are they, they just keep telling us we have to go, and nothing happens, and then you just stop believing. So I do know there are a lot of layers to this. Yeah. Sure. It's like your neighbor, you know, um, smokes cigarettes till age 95 and, and, you know, dies of a car accident, right? And, and you quit, but you might want to smoke, you know, and, uh, that they, you know, it, 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 the odds, it's not everyone is going to get hurt who stays. Not everyone is going to get killed who stays. And some people, um, you know, I have people in, in trials. I've, I've had it and we kind of like these clients because it gives us to give us the opportunity to really go against great odds. But I've had people in, uh, in cases they've claimed their innocence. Um, there was lots of bad evidence, not necessarily, uh, that would lead to conviction, not guaranteed, but really, really evidence stacked up. And um, the the person would say, "No, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I wanna I wanna defend. What's the what are the odds, Mr. Tyre? And I say about fifteen to one against you. You know, based on this. And they say, uh, "I want to go to trial and I want to testify." And you know that seems insane at the time. And uh, because even even the explanation, say, up to that point doesn't make a great deal of sense. But we go ahead and we try the case and um, the jury comes back quickly with a not guilty. So, you know, people people do have uh, that streak in them and certainly Americans have that streak in them. And, uh, you know, sometimes it works out very well for them. So. You know, it it is a free country. People can choose to do what they want to do, and uh, I don't I don't recommend staying if if the government says evacuate in a hurricane. And certainly, we have maybe more coming here. I would say to everyone uh, I meet and everyone who's who listens, please leave. If they say leave, consider it a vacation. Hmm. <laughs> Go to Philadelphia, get a flight to. Uh, not Florida now, but uh, get a flight someplace warm, 
yeah. and uh, consider it an unplanned vacation. But yeah, I mean, a dear friend of mine, for example, took his family. They were going to Florida. Then, uh-oh, look at this. And boom, they went to Vegas. So they didn't go anywhere near it. John, that was um, that was great back and forth on that. Loved it. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. 16 minutes past the hour. It's Smart Law with John Zarek and with John I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. I need I need Counselor Zarek's uh, counsel off the air, which I'm going to do during the next break. A dear friend of mine just floored me. I kind of pride myself on my product knowledge. I got something sent to me that I have to keep confidential because I don't even understand it that I'd never seen before. I never knew this existed. And I said, hey, John, did you ever hear of such blankety blank? He goes, yeah. He, I think he said, I have one. I said, what the hell is this thing? So anyhow, I don't want to talk about it on the air because I don't want to betray a friend. And now it's plural friends, but I have to learn about this off the air. John, I appreciate the uh, first segment very much, and especially in memory of our fellow citizens uh, who perished yesterday. It's it's breathtaking. It's heartbreaking. And unfortunately, I'm sure we're going to hear. I, I knew it when we signed on, John, and the, it was still dark out. I said that by the time we get to daylight, we are going to hear some terrible news. And it got to daylight and like clockwork. Uh, we heard about the Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino confirming that hundreds are dead in Lee County. Uh, and that's where the um, Hurricane Ian hit first. And uh, they they really, really took it hard. Uh, John, I, I brought that up. You, you were probably coming to uh, speak about other things. Time is yours. No, I... I uh glad to talk about that situation and and uh use it as a warning for all of us that when we're going to have hurricanes certainly in the future yep uh up and down our south jersey coast and uh when we get the warning heed the warning i mean i think i think our people um emergency people not i think i know they've done a a great job of of giving out the appropriate warnings the governor um Either party, certainly it's not a political issue. They've done a great job of giving us warnings and uh, work really hard to do it. And, and of course, the national weather people. So, you know, you just, just uh, get out. It's not, it's not worth it to stay. Um, again, there's, we have this natural pushback, but we should get out. But anyway, I wanted to uh, mention something else. Uh, uh, I heard today that uh, P.D. Subin died. Oh, uh, no. Bill Subin's wife. Oh. Yeah. yeah. John, I think you know this. Uh, Bill and P.D. and Margie and I, oh, my God, we've known each other for so long. Oh, I'm so sad to hear this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, same here. We've, we've uh, I, I guess we've known them for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that. Same, they're, same here. They're, um, you know, really, really a wonderful couple. I'll tell you what, what, what kind of people they are. Um, Bill had, Bill was representing Trooper Higby, you know. Yes. And that was, in terms of pressure, first of all, you had, it, it was one of the 
absolute worst prosecutions, um, I think the poorest judgment, the very poorest judgment uh, exercised by a prosecutor in in South Jersey uh, to prosecute Trooper Higby. He was chasing a speeder, and that speeder, uh, after he heard about the accident, came back, you know, and voluntarily turned himself in and said, hey, that trooper didn't do anything wrong. He was chasing me. I was the guy he was chasing. You know, it's my fault that, um, you know, that he is in this position. You know, someone actually stood up and, um, unfortunately, there were a lot of obstructions and visual impairments at that spot, and he ran a red light, uh, ran a stop sign that he didn't see uh, or didn't wasn't aware of, and hit uh, two young girls in a car, and both were killed. Um, that was prosecuted as an aggravated manslaughter, you know, potential thirty years in prison. It was it was absurd. It was absolutely absurd, but. Um, you know, it. it uh, and there were there were a number of other absurd prosecutions uh, from that time, uh, the uh, which resulted in lawsuits and large recoveries uh, by the by the plaintiffs. So um, when we heard, I mean, we knew we we talked frequently. Stephanie and I would talk frequently with Bill. And we could see this, he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. Um, he was trying the case and he was, he was, you know, long time preparation. And, you know, when, when you have an innocent person and an innocent person wrongfully accused and a career on the line and a family, you know, his family was just the very best. Um, and the whole state police uh, community. I mean, at, at trial, there would be at least 50 state troopers there every day, and maybe maybe more. And it, it, it's the heat in that situation is intense. You can't shake it. I mean, you can sleep uh, an hour, and then you're up thinking about something and writing, and then you sleep another hour, and you're up thinking about another strategy you can't you know you live with that and you live with it it's you know i guess a year year and a half that prosecution went on maybe more and um so we just we just felt so badly that he was we felt we admired him so much for stepping up and then we steph and i felt you know wow that's really a heavy burden he's got so we offered to help and uh, to do anything we could to support him. And uh, so he readily accepted the help because, you know, he needed help. And uh, we, you know, we, we really did very little. We, um, we would sit and take notes uh, during his cross-examinations. And, and also he'd check in with us as to the impact that was having as a spectator and sometimes um, the advice would be, you know, you've made your point, uh, no need to go further. And sometimes the advice would be, keep going, pour it on, you know, another two hours would be fine. Uh, so, you know, so we, but we were relaxing in the, uh, 
in the gallery. You know, we didn't we had no, we didn't have the pressure of be, of being there, and it wasn't um, a great effort on our part. And we also went to the scene and you know did our own analysis of what happened. And um, you know these it was really it was really not much at all. And uh, he was. Um, you know, you would have thought that we, from from that trial and then for a long time to come, and he and Petey were the same, you, you would have thought we had rescued them from the middle of the ocean, you know, stranded or something um, by our own efforts. It, it, they were so thankful and so grateful and i think i think even on the show we were on the show together one time you were (laughs) come on no you know what it is they are and we're going to go to the bottom of the hour break so we'll come back john and you'll reclaim the time they are two of the most beautiful people that you'll ever meet bill has been my friend since i was 21 years old i knew him before that even uh even at the margate jcc uh but we've been friends since I was 21. So that's 41 years. And of course, by extension, PD from, for every bit of that. Uh, two of the most kind, generous, wonderful people. And you, you knocked me over and broke yeah. my heart with that announcement, John. I had no idea. Oh my gosh. I know the love that they had. I mean, Bill, I, I, I just, I will be in touch with Bill as quickly as I can just to send my condolences. Um, you, you're going to be on this, John, so I don't know if you're going to agree with what I'm about to say because you're, you're, you're in what I'm about to say. But I have a Mount Rushmore of criminal defense attorneys, so that means there's allowed to be four. I only have three. Ed Jacobs, John Zarek, and Bill Subin, you are three on my Mount Rushmore of criminal defense attorneys. I think you'll agree with me when I say that, that Bill Subin is a phenomenal practitioner. I agree on Eddie and, and Bill, but you're embarrassing, Harry. Well, <laughs> you're like that's, my grandmother. That's why I said, I said, <laughs> we're going to like it. Please. But come on. All right. So you agree on two. I agree with me on three out of three. Hold on, my friend. Don't go away. It's true what I just said. He's just, he's just modest. That's my Mount Rushmore. There's only room for four, and I don't even have four. I only have three, and I've been saying that for the longest time. Uh, what a um, – ah, just it took my breath away. What a heartbreaking uh, to hear. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know this, and, and when John said it, I mean, we go back so long with Bill and Petey. Um, my deepest thoughts and prayers – to Bill and to the to to the children. I mean, oh my gosh, it's um, it's hard to take. We're going to be right back. Let me compose myself. We will be right back in just a few minutes. More smart law with John Zarek. After this, you're also listening to WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five, which is because of you, only because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Back with John in just a little bit. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app, BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app from various sources with inside Atlantic City Hall. We've been told that a criminal referral may be going 
to Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds about Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. You can read about it. It's up. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbetts said live on this program a few days ago on another matter, quote, we were lied to, end quote. And it's been 20 years ago yesterday that Paul McCartney played Atlantic City. Back with John after this. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Clouds will increase from south to north today, and yeah, those clouds are from the very northern edge of Ian. It's going to be a calm, dry, and comfortable weather day. High temperature 68, slightly below normal for late September. Mostly cloudy and cool tonight, low 52. Cloudy skies in 67 tomorrow, an increasing chance of showers through the afternoon and evening. Periods of moderate to heavy rain expected Saturday morning through midday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's John Zarek at 37 minutes past the hour. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. Thursday mornings in the 8 o'clock hour. Counselor, I want to I want to bounce something off of you, and I, I've gotten to know you well enough that I think I know what you're going to say, but you could surprise me. Uh, I think Vladimir Putin has purposefully damaged the pipelines that have been leaking. All of a sudden, I don't think these Nord Stream 2 pipelines are just all of a sudden leaking. And of course, this causes more disruption uh, for Europe. And I, I think that's that's the game that he's playing right now. Yeah, it could be. Uh Certainly, the Nord Stream 2 is important to Russia, um, but perhaps he's using something like that as a as a means to put pressure on Europe, thinking that if he puts enough pressure on, that they'll break. But they're not breaking. the The German the German uh, president is uh, very firm and. Uh, you know, made it very clear, no matter what, they're going to stick. I mean, Europe's been through tough times before. They can handle a lot more than is going to come by some economic disruption. So that's not going to work. But, you know, when you, uh, you know, you have the Hail Mary situation when you're, when you're desperate and you only have um, a pass to the end zone that's uh, 80 yards, then you, you have to do it or, or give up, and he certainly doesn't want to give up, but he's really in horrible shape. And and even worse, the you know, at this point, you look at the balance of power, the, the Ukrainian army is roughly a third of the army that Russia has, but they've been in the field for nine years now. They're extremely well-equipped now. They're extremely... Uh, well organized and and I can tell you uh, I know from uh, people who try to get to the front lines people who want to fight on the front lines um, they are they're, they're rejected unless they're really good un- unless they're young and in very good shape and very well trained they don't get there you know they can be they can do other Task, but they're, they're, the Ukrainian army is not, it's not a ragtag group that, you know, where they're 
taking people off the farm or off the out of the factory and just sending them with little training no you you there are lots of people who want to go to the front front and fight i mean you know we we remember in in world war ii there was one town in texas one very small town in texas that um four four men who were 4-h Four young men who were 4-H, which were um, 4-F, and, and they were uh, rejected by the army. Four took their lives. Wow! Um, in one town, one small town. That's how much desire that they had to fight, and that's what the Ukrainians are like now. Uh, right. No one is looking to escape. They don't need the border. The border, you know, you can't you can't leave. From if you're a man from 18 to 65, you can't leave the country, and that's right. been it's been that way since the beginning. And John, by comparison, Putin, I mean, he's had to resort to contrition and or constriction, constriction, uh, and just forcing people that don't want anything to do with this, John. Yeah. Yeah, but in Ukraine, they barely need that 18 to 65 rule because the men want to fight, and they got men older than 65 that that volunteer. Sure, sure. The problem is they they don't they don't have positions and they don't have um, uh, weapons in some case sufficient to care for take care of all those people. So they only have really the very best fighting. So it's the it's a three to one advantage on on Russian. But you know what if you know Harry? What if we had uh, Mike Tyson <laughs> against ten? Yeah. I repeat, 10, <laughs> 10 uh, relatively normal people who weren't very motivated to fight. Um, what do you think would happen? You know, they'd be mowed down very quickly. There'd be no restraining him. Um, that's the situation they're in. And they, But it's, it's, it's Mike Tyson and three people. <laughs> it's not 10. It's three people. So they have three Russians to every Ukrainian. But the Russians are, at this point, mostly ragtag, very unmotivated, and the Ukrainians are fierce. So, and and in history, I mean, repeatedly, uh, great generals in history have uh, defeated with very small armies, defeated uh, against big odds. Uh, Napoleon did it repeatedly. Um, Lee did it repeatedly in the Civil War. Um, he never had he had never had the odds on. Lee did it repeatedly. Napoleon did it repeatedly. Alexander did it. So and the Romans did it. So it was not a um, you know it, it's the the Russians are in very very ba- very bad shape. And um, you know we're you know we'll we'll see we'll see some fighting, but we'll see more victories. And now the now the the West is supplying the Ukrainians even more aggressively and assisting the uh, Ukrainians even more aggressively. So Putin is in very, very, very bad shape. Yeah, you can you can feel it. I, I, I agree with all of that. Great analysis, John. We'll take our final break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Smart Law with John Zarek. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 47 minutes past the hour. John Zarek continues at Smart Law 
with John Zara. Counselor, what do you have to say? Well, we were talking about the uh, Ukraine situation, and uh, the other thing was the threat of nuclear weapons. So um, that that is uh, that has to be considered as real, you know. There is some possibility that he would be crazy enough um, if blocked in rather than making some kind of graceful exit where he could keep, you know, maybe a hundred billion dollars of his fortune. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure even at this point that the, the, the countries around the world would allow him to um, for, to end the war they'd allow him to, uh, you know, live in exile or something because he, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't stay in the country. He'd be, he'd be killed quickly. Um, so there's, there's, so he's boxed in. He, he has to fight um, or go into exile. And uh, if he's going to fight, then, you know, we have the history of, with Hitler, he, chose to destroy everything he could. He wanted to destroy Paris. He wanted to wipe Paris out. And, you know, we, we seem to see some of that, um, that same motivation in Putin. And we also, um, he wanted to destroy uh, even the infrastructure of Germany, gave orders to. He said the German people don't deserve to survive. You know, they, his advisor told him, if you know, if you if you blow everything up, you know, the people will starve and die. And he said, he said they don't deserve. Uh, they show they don't deserve to survive. So, you know, he his thinking seems to track Hitler step by step. His words seem to track Hitler step by step, and his um, repeated betrayals of assurances that he made well we're we're only doing training exercises we're not going to invade and then uh, we're not going to invade a lot and we're you know we may correct some little things here i mean whatever commitment he made it means nothing to him that's why that's why ukraine is very wise to say they're not going to they'll negotiate <laughs> but they're not going to give up any territory they're not going to make any deals that put them in a weaker position than they are right now. And John, I forgot to mention this to you, and I know you know this, and you'll have an opinion about it. Just my quick take. What a disgrace. Putin holds these fake elections. They're voting at gunpoint. Oh, look at the results. 100% want to become Russians. I mean, what do they do these crazy things for? Nobody believes that. What a sham. Yeah. Well, um, they, you know, they do they do these things because they want to um, have some shred, and it and it's only a shred. Everybody knows what's going on, but they they want to let the actually he wants to let the Russian people be, um, you know, be able to justify to themselves that he's doing the right thing, you know. Um, they still support the, the Russian people. Still support the war in general, um, not as enthusiastically as before, certainly. But you know, he's, you know, it's it's their country. They they what they're quick to believe things that uh, their government says, 
and uh, that's one of the things. So that's why they do those things. You know, they do those things because they want to have um, plausibility. You know, when it when it comes to their own people, nobody in the world is going to believe this stuff. We all know, but it it's it's at least some basis of an argument for Russia to make and for their own people to believe. So that's, that's as, as absurd as it seems, um, there is a method to that um, action on his part. Mm. So, but I wanted to talk, Harry, I wanted to talk about uh, our new Atlanta County prosecutor, Bill Reynolds. Uh, Superstar. I was... I was happy enough. Uh, I was I was fortunate enough to be uh, invited. Brendan and I uh, attended in uh, Brigantine. It was in Brigantine Community School, and which is where he went to school and where his roots are. Uh, he grew up in Brigantine. Uh, he refers to Brigantine uh, like the old older people do. The Rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> called it The Rock. Love it at that time, and. Uh, Kind of like Alcatraz, I suppose. Well, you know, his nickname is Wheels, you know. Yeah. And he, and I'll repeat that because we hear Wheels a lot, but yep. not too many people know why it's Wheels. Uh, he uh, was playing Little League, and uh, he wasn't really a fast runner <laughs> at all. <laughs> wasn't really a great athlete at all, despite all this coaching and everything he'd done, he'd done. and um, he was rounding. He told this story, uh, or at least his brother told this story uh, at the at the swearing in, and the uh, he was he was running to second and got thrown out. He hit the he could hit you know he he hit the fence right with uh, a a good shot you know a good hit hit the fence and got thrown out at second base, <laughs> which is hard to do. I mean, it's very hard to do. And, uh, and the coach said at that point, he, 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 he moves like he's, he's rolling on square wheels. Right. <laughs> and from that moment wheels. On, oh my God. from that moment on due to his, uh, great achievement of being thrown out on a, on a, at second on a ball that hit the fence, uh, he was he was called wheels after that. John, I'm, uh, you 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 will learn this about me, but you kind of already probably could 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 read between the lines. I get very amused at something that happens once that you can make last a lifetime, and it started with my father and one of his best friends when they were very young. And he, well, I'll just protect the innocent and say his name was Vince. And my father was Tom. And Vince says to Tom, hey, Tom, pass the feet ball instead of football. He went plural. He went feet ball. The man was probably a teenager at the time. He carried the name, the nickname feet for the rest of his life. He said it one time. <laughs> John, I love that kind of thing. So, and, and by the way, I, I would like to be a lawyer for just one for one case because I would take on uh, Will Reynolds' case and say he hit that ball on the screws so hard that it was an easy out at second. That's my story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I liked it. That was a fun there were, story. There were, 
there were there were actually three hours of stories, and and I can tell you there are times when you're at a an event, and after a, a half hour, you're looking at your watch, and this one for me, the the all the brothers spoke, and you know the brothers spoke, and friends spoke, and so forth, and um, and of course Bill spoke, and and it was really one story after another, and I, you know, it it was like one of those three hour nights that went that went five minutes, you know, it was and it was it was over. John, on a serious note, I love his doctrine. I've called it the Will Reynolds doctrine. He he wants to take bad guys off the street. He wants to take the guns off the street. He wants to take the drugs off the street and he wants to get the pedophiles. To me, that is a very noble doctrine or mission statement. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a good guy. He that's really, that's re- all there is to yeah, it. He, he really is. He's he's yeah. He's a he's a good guy. He's uh, you know, we lots of defense people have dealt with him for many years, and the, the amazing thing is uh, when you when you deal with him, and you know, Brendan and I both dealt with him. As in various courts, and uh, you know, I always have to remind people, like, like when you say stuff about uh, when you pump me up, Harry, I'll say that. Um, you know, people, we do handle some very big cases, murder, etc., uh, federal cases, but you know, we most of our work is in municipal courts uh, handling. DWIs handling, you know, um, simple assaults or minor thefts or criminal mischief or, um, you know, various things that real people, uh, real families will, will find themselves dealing with, uh, usually at some point in their lives with, uh, you know, children or grandchildren or aunt, uncle, cousin. So we do, we do a lot of that. So we were in court with him a lot and i can tell you i did i didn't discuss this with brendan but i don't ever remember like some people would say we'd always resolve conflicts i don't even remember having a conflict with him you know in in the sense that he was he he had such a good feel for people and he was so uh willing to not um willing to not posture mm-hmm. you know like sometimes you get prosecutors they you know they give you the straight story you know they say okay this is what's good about my case this is what's bad about my case i probably can win this i probably will lose this why don't we do this um and if you're smart if if you know if if you're smart um i know we used to say and you're at 30 seconds, John, believe it or not. That's the end of the show. Go. Yeah. And he was so he was so smart that he would propose a result that was always um, a good result, but the fair and just result. The client was happy. He the state, you know, he was happy, the policeman was happy, everyone's happy. That's the way he was. I never remember a conflict with him. And everybody knows him because he either was the um 
local prosecutor at the different municipalities around, you know, a lot of the people that are listening right now to John's show. And, and when he wasn't the actual prosecutor, he was the conflict prosecutor at, at scores of other towns. So everybody knew him and knows him. Yeah. John, it's, yeah, he'll, uh, be a, he'll yeah. be a really good prosecutor. Yeah, he already is. John, great to be with you. We're at the buzzer. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Let's talk. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. That's right. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. There's room for a hundy there. Why shouldn't we be one of them? Thank you very much for tuning in. To Joanne Daly, who will be talking all about real estate. This is a very important hour that we're having together this morning. They all are with Joanne. They've all been great, but there are things changing right now. I mean, obviously, mortgage uh, interest rates are way up, over 7% now. And you know, the last time we visited with Jim Malamut, it was uh, n- not a pleasant circumstance that it was at 6%. Now it's at 7%. So we're going to talk real estate. Uh, Joanne, of course, knows this uh, once a month, well, sometimes twice a month, but always when Joanne is here, I go and I check the value of the Ponderosa. And for the first time in 10 years, Joe, for the first time in 10 years, the value is down by about $3,000. Wow. I know. Good morning. Good morning that's to a, you. That's a good morning. Wow. I know. I wow. Know. I know. Let me give out your hotline because there are a number of people that no doubt, whether you're looking to rent, to buy, to sell, uh, you're going to need a real estate expert. And I strongly advise that you don't do what I say. Do what I do because Joe is our official real estate expert. The Joanne Daly team, you'll be in very good hands. Remax Platinum Properties of Ventnor, 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor, and I'm going to give you Joe's private hotline to reach her, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. So fractionally, marginally, tiny little bit down, I'm not complaining, but it is the first time in a decade. Rates are up. We can't, you know, that's, that's the truth there as well. But the same phenomenon of inventory still being as tight as can be, uh, continues to be in effect, correct? Absolutely. I cannot get over how tight the inventory situation is. It's almost, I, 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 it's, yeah, it kind of leaves me speechless because I look at these properties. I have buyers out there looking to purchase, and I'm scratching my head. There's not a whole lot out there to pick from. And it's the same stuff or it's the stuff that's like kind of crazy overpriced. Right. The You know, look like the sellers don't really want to sell. You know, if they get some obscene price, they'll sell. You know, well, that's not that's not a warm, fuzzy feeling for any buyers. So no. they stay away from that. Where you would know? you, Joe, where would you say we are right now? You know, in all the years that we've done our show together, all the years I did uh, Charlie Kane's show together, we talk about things such as need buyers and want buyers. 
when things are booming and all of that and interest rates, it's free money and all that. A lot of 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 want want buyers are out there. Are we now in a need buyer, need seller environment more so than a want buyer? Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's kind of an interesting thing is that we've had need buyers all through the pandemic and they were unable to secure the properties because of the want buyers who had more flush funds to use than the need buyers. So and, they, and they would lose out every time. Right. And the need buyers have been out there for a very long time and the want buyers outbid them. You know, they had the money, they had the want, they just knocked out all the need buyers. And I'll say the need buyers are first-time home buyers, veteran buyers, um, FHA buyers, Mm -hmm. because they have the need for financial assistance and able to have affordable housing. So they can get a 3.5% rate where a want buyer's got 20% down or 25% down, and they'll outbid any quote, need buyer, you know. So the need buyers are kind of left still there. There's right now in this market, you know, I'm out with clients looking at properties and they're the need buyers. They need to get into a place, you know. Um, Well, Joe, let me give you an example that I know you're all too familiar with, but your your audience uh, probably is not. When we talk about how tight supply is, there's a condominium in Atlantic City uh, very, very well known, very mature, established, a very nice place that 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 Joe knows. I have a lot of a lot of fond feelings about. So does Joe. And I just heard not long ago that there's not a single condominium available for sale. And Joe, I haven't ever heard. Now I've heard it where there weren't like a whole lot, three, four, five, eight, whatever. But I heard there are none. That's part of this uh, conversation we're having about the tightness of the supply, right? And you know which property I'm talking about. Right. Um, And that's really true. It used to be, and I said, on average, any one of these condos, you know, depending on their size, the number of units in the building, but had an average of 5 to 10% turnover rate. Just typically, you know, with people downsizing, moving to Florida, passing away, having estates, you know, kids don't want it. You know, there was 10 percent. So if you had a building with 275 units, you had a good 20 maybe units coming up regularly. And now to have none to maybe two, you know, that tells you what kind of market it is. You know, people are constantly asking me what's available, what's available. And I say, what you see, nothing. <laughs> you know, sadly, it's what you see. There's really nothing there. Nobody's hiding any of these properties. Pocket listings aren't are a thing of the past. You know, people would say, well, you know, I'd sell it if you know somebody that would be interested. And, you know, I'd have these buyers that may be interested. But now there's no sellers that say they're either they know if they put it out there, it will sell. You know, if it's reasonably priced and, you know. Joe, Joe, after the first break, which we're going to go to right now, I want to pose the question, is it possible, if not actually so, that the rental market is even tighter than 
the ability to buy a property. I, I'm a layperson, so I, I rely on you as my expert. I think that statement might be true, that the rent we're talking about, you want to buy something, oh, my God, the supply is so tough, and it is. I think it's possible, but you'll tell us for sure when we come back, your expert opinion, uh, that the rental market is even tighter. And I, I've just heard from so many people that, that are saying that and that the price of rentals is really uh, quite astronomical in some cases if there's not a rent control aspect. Uh, Joanne Daly, 609-513-8969. That's the phone number to reach Joe if you are buying, selling, or renting. Uh, she's fantastic in, in all lanes, all space there. 609 513 8969. We'll be back. It's a quick break. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away with Joanne. I am her early in the morning, and this is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you, and we know it, and we thank you. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. And let me um, bring Joe's microphone back up. But just give a quick plug. I've fallen in like with the Gateway Playhouse. We bought four really nice seats for this weekend. This weekend and then next weekend, Peter and the Starcatcher. And I'm telling you, support these local plays because they work so hard. I've gotten to know the people that run the playhouse, and and I I know some of the some of the actors even. Uh, they're phenomenal. And this Peter and the Starcatcher. If you don't know the story, uh, it's fantastic. It's the prequel to Peter Pan. So there's an orphan orphan boy, uh, and you know who he becomes. He becomes Peter, Peter Pan. And then there is a two-handed future pirate named Hook that uh, is introduced. And it's I know it's going to be great. And to keep this kind of local community theater, if you will, going, they need your support. The, um, the, the plays with the very young actors, they were off the charts because all the parents come out. And every night was a sellout. And it was amazing. And that was about a month ago. So this is the adult actors, and uh, they really need the community to support them. And I hope that you will. Uh, the website, I bought my tickets just as, as I'm telling you, uh, gatewaybythebay.org. And there's a lot of good seats left for all the shows uh, that begin this Friday and Saturday and then and Sunday and then next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's the shaken, not stirred players. I like that, too. Peter and the Starcatcher at the Gateway Playhouse in Summers Point. And uh, you'll really be helping the whole community when you support, and I mean the theater community, when you um, 
when you step up and and you attend because obviously they work really hard and you want to play in front of a full crowd. It's just it's all part of the um, the the energy and all of that. All right, so Joe, I, I put a cliffhanger out there. I'm very anxious to get your response. We we concede and we we take your counsel, Joanne, that the buying properties is very very tight. Is renting properties even tighter? Absolutely. I thought Absolutely. So. I but thought let me so. go back yeah, go to the theater. Oh. Absolutely. You know what? The theater is one of these assets that we have in our community. When you come to the shore, you know, we have the beach, the bars, the casino, but we have live theater. Yes. I'm such a big proponent. I, I love live theater. They always do an excellent job. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. And I want people to take advantage of that. That's why they come here. Yeah. And and I'm pumping it up because I want to. I love what they do. And also I looked yesterday and it looks like there's a lot of tickets left. And obviously this is getting very close. Showtime is tomorrow night, the first show. And we're going to go. We're not going the first night. We're going later. But we have our tickets and I just hope people support it. It wasn't that long ago. I think you'll remember this, Joanne, the condition of the building uh, the area almost lost the Gateway Theater, if I'm not mistaken, and the theater was saved. And I saw the joy that these children, actors, and their 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 siblings, and their parents, and all the adults who put the um, the shows on uh, the the two shows that we went to back during the summer. I I, I the first one I went to, I knew I was going to, and we made. A hurling in the morning charity grant because we want to, you know, uh, help support for the reasons you mentioned and some of the things that I said, Joanne. And I loved it so much that I came back the next night because they had one cast. A lot of the players were the same, but they had some of the, the lead roles had different actors each night. So I went to the one show and knew we were doing that. Went to a Friday matinee. I loved it so much. I came back. Saturday night, the next night, and then I came to the next show, Bye Bye Birdie, that they did. It's fantastic. So I know that this Peter and the Starcatcher is going to be amazing, and it's it's uh, there's a comedic aspect to it. It's going to be a lot of laughs, a lot of fun, and some really great actors that um, appear in New York and elsewhere are in this cast. It, it's really going to be great, and I, I'm happy that you... Um, that you made a comment about it, Joanne. Uh, absolutely. You know, it's one of these, you know, I want to say hidden gems that people don't necessarily take, you know, take notice of until like we give it the word of mouth it deserves. You know, I said, it's really ironic that we have so much talent here in South Jersey. Um, and it's not all in the casinos. Yes. You know, it's, it's local. So, you know, the musicians, the actors, you know, it's it's very important and it's, you know, it's our gem and we need to support it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so the Gateway Playhouse in Summers Point, it's on Beach uh, Bay Avenue. I don't know why I said Beach Avenue because I have Kate May on my mind, which I love also. Gateway Playhouse on Bay Avenue, gatewaybythebay.org, or you can also call if you prefer. 609-653-0553. 609-653-0553. And 
and their organization registered not-for-profit 501c3. And uh, I just want them to be able to continue to put these great shows on for, for actors of all ages. Because you know what winds up happening? I know this for a fact. Noah and, and you, you know Noah, of course, and his cousin Christian and Jack, they're, they're the three pals. They, they were in these plays. Now they're trying out for plays in high school. So this really is very important. Right. It really is. It's it's such a foundation. It's such a nice element to have in our community for our kids, for the parents, for our guests, that we could say, you know, when you come visit me down at the beach, I have tickets for a show. Yep. You know, it, it's really, it's refreshing, you know, um, and important. The arts are important. Yep. You With, know, for without a doubt. numerous specific reasons, you know. Yeah, you you look at what it does. I mean, it it, it builds confidence. Uh, it's 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 remarkable what it does for anybody that doesn't understand like how big a deal it is. Uh, these children, for example, that that act, they take that confidence that is it, it exudes. It come you see it when they're on the stage. They're amazing, and then they take that into their lives, and it's very very special. And it's really important. Yeah, it, it gives them so much foundation between reading, literature, acting, being, you know, to articulate. You know, it's it's an amazing asset yeah. to the community. It really and And, you know, it's a, it's a great experience, too. Uh, when I was younger, very young in school, oh, my gosh, public speaking, jeez, I was terrified. We I knew before I could graduate eighth grade, that I had to stand up in front of the whole school, not just even my class, not just my grade, the whole school at an assembly and recite these different things, uh, whether it was uh, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. You talk about pressure. Oh, my God, I hated it. But they develop tremendous life skills that really do um, serve them well in all the areas that you mentioned. So I'm glad that we... Um, we spent some time on your show, Joanne, uh, giving them giving them a shout out. So it's this weekend and next. So to the question of the rental market, I know quickly you said, yes, it's even tighter uh, than trying to buy a home, trying to rent a home. How would you describe how things are going? It's it's sad. <laughs> it's very sad because here we have these buyers that can't buy they're forced to rent. Um, they may have sold their home, relocated, and they were thinking they were going to buy and can't. And the rental market is so tight, um, very competitive, extremely competitive because landlords can really do their due diligence and be very picky about who they want to rent to because there's such a large pool of potential renters. So, just for an example, on the island, and I'll say Atlantic City to Longport, there's, you know, there's a few more in Atlantic City than any other any other place in Atlantic County, just because we have the apartment buildings, per se. Yes. So there's a few more in Atlantic City. But as you get down to Ventnor Market, you're talking about maybe a dozen. And when you get offshore... You're talking two. This is, <laughs> you know. Joe, Joe, this is amazing to hear this. 
Because it was never this way, was it? No. No, we've never. And I always, like said, we're we're a different market than, you know, some of the other markets in New Jersey because, you know, we're coastal, but we're a year-round coastal market. So we always have a good demographic of people who will rent here year-round and work, rent here year-round and use it as a summer year-round vacation home. So somebody would take a, an apartment in a, in a condo and say, okay, I pay $1,200 a month and I get to use it year-round as opposed to just paying high prices through the summer. Yes. So we have market here. A lot of places don't. So we always had the potential for plenty of rental, plus plus then you have winter rental, summer rental, yeah. obviously. Now, Joe, I'm not talking rent control where it can only go up by a certain amount and all of that, uh, but rental prices are very high right now, aren't they? Extremely high. If, if I look at just a Atlantic City with the most potential rental units, you know, they're higher than they've ever been. You know, it's it's insane some of the price points that they get. Now, I have to say, like certain certain markets um, with subsidized payments, there's there's a bracket in that they dictate what they'll pay for apartments, and that has risen. So, um, what used to be you know, a twelve hundred dollar a month apartment now is allocated uh, fourteen hundred, and sometimes sixteen hundred because there are no twelve hundred dollar apartments left. Amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I know so, exactly so, exactly what you mean. Right. I, I've heard people that in different parts of the country. I, I think I told you during either your last show or the one before that. I actually know the individual. They were paying like a thousand something a month. And they were told about, I don't know, whatever the requirement, you know, time frame in their in their one year leases, whatever it is, several months before that if they want to resign, the rent is three thousand dollars. That's just insane. Right. Yeah, I, I have I have landlords now contemplating what they want to do for and for next summer. And they typically rent the whole summer. But because the Airbnb market has pushed the rental property prices up, they're feeling like, oh, like, you know, they don't want to gouge anybody. But, like, that's what this market is. That's what, you know, people will pay, you know, based off of Airbnb. And I said, it's, you know, two different things here because Airbnb, you have turnover every week, but they get higher prices. Yeah. So they're rethinking what they want to do as for their investment properties. How, how challenging is that, Joanne, when if you choose that route, for me, and I've been a landlord a couple of times in my life, I'd much rather have a tenant for the whole year and they're a good tenant and you know they pay their rent on time every month and you, you give them a break because of that. You know, you make it appealing uh, and you develop that hopefully long time relationship as opposed to top dollar and having to look for it every couple of days or every week or something like that that to me that's a lot of work isn't it yeah it is and they sort of manage themselves to a certain respect because you know when 
people do the Airbnb kind of thing. Airbnb's taking payments. So for them, they're booking. There's another third party involved. When you're a landlord and you're doing it yourself, yeah. there's a, that's a whole different ballgame because then you're the contact person. You're the one hiring the cleaners, you know, the repairmen, yeah. yeah. kind of stuff, landscaping. But there's other people that do this regularly, and either they have it down to a science with, you know, their two property managers, like they'll have higher property manager that comes in in between each guest and schedules the cleaner. So it really depends on your, I want to say, the thickness of your skin of how much you want to bite off and chew as a, as a landlord, you know? Yeah. And some of them are making such good money that they're okay with splitting it up with a management company to do that. They're like, okay, because they're getting, you know. And they don't have to do any of the work. That's, that's, right. they have somebody doing all the accounting and all the uh, prospecting. So, yeah, it's worth it. That, that would definitely be, be worth it in my mind, as opposed to trying to, uh, to do all that yourself. Uh, that's why I always kind of lean towards the reliable year round tenant. Now, of course, you can make more if you do it the way that um, you were talking about in the last scenario. We're at the halftime break. We're going to be right back. Much more important content with Joanne Daly, our official and exclusive real estate expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. If you're buying, renting, uh, selling, call Joe at 609-513-8969. 609-513-8969. We'll be back in just a few moments with Joanne Daly. I am. Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 37 minutes past the hour, visiting with Joanne Daly, talking all about real estate. Now, Joe, what would you say to someone right now that's thinking about buying, but they're, they're reading and listening and seeing things like 7% mortgage when not that long ago it seemed like it was under 3% uh, and wondering, oh, my gosh, you know, could this possibly be like 2008 and I buy and then the property's worth half of what it was a short time later and this kind of thing. Um, what are your recommendations about the state of the market right now uh, relative to what people are thinking about and, and making decisions about? Well, I'll tell you, it's a very difficult one, and I have this conversation pretty regularly um, because I'm working with my buyers now that are out there looking, and they always ask, is now the time to buy? Are we better off waiting? You know, and I said, well, you might ask that to the person who got the house at 5 and 6% when they didn't buy it when they could at 3%. I said, you know, it's really tricky to know what's going to happen. You know, the midterms, the elections, everything plays a part in it. Um, now, now, curious with the hurricane impact, you know, the values of those houses that went up in Florida and the insurances, it's going to be crazy. Um, I see this as, you know, it's not going to get better. I think I really see that I think the rates are going to go to eight. Um, and, and weirdly, we were kind of there before many years ago. 
where, you know, seven and eight percent was good. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Joe, you know, the Ponderosa, you've been there many times. My original mortgage about, let's see, um, October of 1996 was eight and a half percent. And that was with, you know, perfect credit. Eight and a half percent. Right. Right. And I kind of think like that's almost where we should have been all along. But then we had such a deflated market. You know, yeah. things got really crazy. So people look at it like, oh, this is what it was. But they forget prior to that where we were at. You know, so I don't see that, you know. Joe, I Joe I'm only interrupting because you've made such an important point on this. What would once be considered very normal, very acceptable, because I know you remember this. Um, you're You're very young. But you somehow it's it's almost you have a lot of experience, but yet you're so young. Um, you remember. And when Margie and I bought our first home, again, perfect credit, our our interest rate was 17 and a half percent. If you bought a car, then with perfect credit, it was twenty one point six percent. I did both. I mean, it was unbelievable. So when you look at through the years, five, six, seven percent. That's normal, but we got spoiled with almost, you know, free money. Right, right. Of of having all this deflated market where, you know, the property values tanked and everything, you know. So I really feel that the property values, you know, you know, to get a three bedroom, two bath house for 350 is kind of normal, but. It tanked where you could almost get that for 180, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, and I'll say a couple of years ago. Yeah. A um, little bit more pre-COVID, you yep. know. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't believe we're like almost three years of COVID. I know. You know. It's crazy. So it's really kind of adjusting to a better normal. You know, like we've had, you know, strange rides there from the market crashing and then the market booming with COVID. It's got to balance out. And um, I think that's where we're heading. I think we're balancing out and it's hurting people because they saw 3% and 4%. They saw 2 and 2.75%. You know, we yes. see that. But so it's really kind of, you know what, if if, if you can find a home now, and get in it, you do it to me. That's like, you know, you don't. Put hey, Joanne, that's what we did at eight and a half percent. I mean, I, that was the going rate. And, you know, what, what was I going to say? I'm not going to I'm not going to have a house to live in. I mean, we, we wanted to move from Ventnor to Egg Harbor Township. And that was the rate. I mean, and I didn't think anything about it. I mean, you know, you pay it. And, uh, of course, over the course of time, you can make adjustments when rates come down. You refinance, which we did three times with Bill and Jim Malamut. Uh, so now it's, you know, below 4%. But it started out at 8.5%. But you don't hear me complaining. Right. And and that's where, you know, in, in 1990s, you were going to say, well, I think I'll wait and maybe hopefully in 2015 I can get this for right. less than 4%. Right. Because then you play the math game. That property that was one hundred and forty-four thousand in nineteen ninety-six that's now worth four hundred thousand in two thousand twenty-two. You know what are you waiting for? 
Exactly. So I always say, like, if you have the means and you have the job to support it and you have the good credit and all those things are in alignment and you actually found a home that you really would like to live in, it, it suits your needs, location, size, all that, then go for it. You know what? You'll make ends meet to have what you need to have. Like, otherwise, you're going to be in a rental. And, you know, I thought... And, and by the way, if you can find one. Yeah, if you can find one. <laughs> right. And you'll have a rental. If you're lucky. And you'll get stuck with these rentals that are not like, oh, I don't like this. This is too small. I'm used to a 3,000-square-foot house. And I'm like, well, this yeah. is what you get. Yeah. This is your new life. Welcome. Joanne, hold on. We'll take our last break. Then we'll be uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade at six minutes past the top of the next hour. We're at 44 minutes past the hour. You're listening to Joanne Daly, who is the official, the exclusive real estate expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. And I'll give you all her contact information on the other side of the break, her hotline and where the office is located and everything that you need when we come back in just a few minutes. This is Harry Hurley asking you to join my friends at United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City Tuesday, October 18th from 1030 a.m. until 12 noon for the Shores Memory Cafe. It's a unique opportunity for dementia caregivers to experience creativity and social connections with their loved one. It includes music, gentle movement, art, and more. If you're considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend the Shores. Transitioning to the Shores is easy. Move in, unpack, and experience the abundant life that the Shores has to offer. The Shores is fully remodeled with private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, and a bistro. They have an on-site fitness center and transportation to local shopping. Also, it's all just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. Don't miss the Shores Memory Cafe on October 18th at the Shores on Bay Avenue in Ocean City to RSVP for the Shore Memory Cafe. Call Michelle at 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. Back with Joe Daly talking about real estate with yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hi, Larry Elder here. I never really thought much about how aches and pains can reduce a person's quality of life until pain started keeping me from living my best life. Just a few years ago, using the stairs was difficult because of the back pain. Then I found Relief Factor, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains. Within a week, I was on my way back to being pain-free. Now I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every single day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and the other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better. Move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than a half a million others. Get started today with your three-week quick start for only $19.95. About 70% go on to order more because it works for them. 
Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Relieffactor.com. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. 51 minutes past the hour. We're visiting with Joanne Daly as we do on either the 4th or 5th Thursday of every month. And Joanne is our official exclusive real estate professional, real estate expert for the Hurley in the Morning program and for the Hurley family personally. You can reach Joe, as I do, at 609-513-8969 for all of your real estate needs, buying, selling, renting, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. So generally speaking, uh, because it's always, I think, the proverbial question People talk about when is the best time uh, to buy. Almost every time I've ever heard someone answer that question, they say now, because in the in the course of history, properties have always been worth more later than they are at the time you purchase. And this is an intellectually honest program that you that you uh, that you do, Joanne. See, we we know that there can be. It's like anything. You buy a stock at a certain time versus another time. It could be a different result. If you buy a property at a certain time, it can be a different result. Sometimes people buy and properties just shoot up like crazy. And then maybe you buy and there's a either a correction uh, or whatever, and they can go down. But I have not, I have not seen a scenario yet where they haven't come back. Joe, have you? Right now. No, and I, and I'll tell you, I always tell people the time to buy is when you have the property you want, the funds to do it, and you're you're ready to go. That's when it's the time to buy. You know, it, it's more of a personal thing than an economical economy worldwide thing because that's forever changing. Yeah, and then of course, if it's going to be your home. You know, the, the shelter for you and your family, it, it is something that you need as opposed to something that you just want. Maybe you want a particular neighborhood or you want a particular city or town or whatever. But it, it becomes at that point an imperative because you, you have to have a place to live. Right. Right. And I have a few clients out there that are ready and, re- you know, willing, able, they have good credit, they have their, you know, down payment, all their ducks are in a row, but the properties aren't there. Mm. And they're watching like a hawk for when the potential properties could be there because they need it. They, you know, they're in that stuff where, you know, I have one client from Philadelphia who's in a property that's unsuitable um, looking to for health reasons, you know, mm-hmm. and it's there's the inventory so low. Um, but she's already has her ducks in a row and it's not about the rates. It's about, I have to move now, well, regardless of what happens out there with the rates. I'll deal with that as it comes, you know? Um, Do you think that's sort of like a backstop for this area that because supply is so tight, that even if we were in in an increasing rate environment, we are, and that that would normally result in valuations coming down. Are we sort of like we've got like a wind at our back because the inventory is so low that if there is a declination, it may not be as much as it otherwise would be in a normal market when you had enough inventory? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, and by the know. way, I know that just sounds like spin, but Joe knows me and I know Joe and there's nothing inauthentic about Joe Daly. I really meant that when I said it. It wasn't it wasn't spin during a rate, you know, increase environment. I mean, it, the market is tight. I know people, too, that have been trying to find I, I could name two nice families that have been trying for more than a year to get a place. And they 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 haven't they haven't achieved it yet. Joanne. Right. I know. I know. And you know what? Um, it, it is very difficult. Um, I'll tell you, some of the stuff like I had, we were talking about, I saw a client yesterday and I'll tell you, she comes up to me every time she sees me, like we run into each other, you know, somewhat often. And she said, I am so happy. I can't believe, you know, what I got my own place when I did it, how I did it. Because I was always worried about doing it, if I could afford it, if it could work, if I could do this. And you got me through that whole process. And I look at people now who have no place to go. I am so blessed that I did what I did when I did it. And yeah. I said, and that's the perfect example yeah. of, you know. And, and Joanne, they look at their monthly mortgage and they can afford it and they can afford their taxes. If they tried to do it now, in many cases, they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and I said, it's funny because she's like the walking example of bite the bullet, do it when you can and do it. Yeah. You know, go for it. And and then really, before you know it, and this is the the beautiful thing about life, as you get older, as you 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 begin, you you earn more typically. And that value of what you had then that was so tough to, to make the payment, perhaps you now look at it like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe. Like, if I wanted to rent right now, I couldn't do this for – it would be twice as much, maybe three times as much as what I pay to own my home. So it really does get right. easier and better over time, typically, doesn't it? Right, right. It doesn't because you don't know what, what could happen down the road. You know, that's a roll of the dice. Yep. So you know, you know where you stand now. You know what the rate is. You know what your checks are. You know what your bills are. If you can do it, do it, because you really don't know the future. Nobody does, you know. And if it does come down, then there's the refinancing. And yes. so you, you, you build that into, okay, looking for You keep that on your radar, you know. And if it's going to be your home for any length of time, you then have the rebound effect that happens, because even with what happened in 2008, it all came back and then some. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, I don't, you know, I don't see a big foreclosure market because of what people have paid now. People keep saying they're going to see that. And I haven't seen any real evidence of any of that. Yeah, I honestly, coming out of COVID-19, I thought there was going to be, I said it very early on, because when you got people that didn't have to make payments, they could just stop making payments and they couldn't be evicted. No foreclosure proceedings could be started if you owned your home. No landlord could evict you if you were renting. And then people would be way behind. And I saw all kinds of things uh, because it seemed like that would be, the, the course that it would take, it didn't really turn out that way. No, th- luckily there was some relief for the landlords, for the tenants not paying. You know, some just took the loss on their taxes, you know, and 
they they weren't forced and then they were able to sell at a higher price so you know um there's still a few people out there i've seen and i've talked to that have you know some strange predicaments you know with people passing away having the estate um having it the estate owe more money that that might go into a foreclosure but those are the typical type things that you run into not the overinflated market, and now all these homes are going into foreclosure type market. And Joe, this is more Jim Alamut's lane, but you're exposed to it because obviously, you, you tr- like a doctor, you treat the whole patient, you treat the whole client. They have to get a mortgage unless they're paying cash in order for the deal to go through. Are loans happening? Are are, are there any problems out there because now money, you know, it's more expensive? How are things going generally? You know, from that vantage point. Yeah, that's a little trickier um, now. Um, the, the loans are going through, but I know the industry is going through a lot of changes regulatory-wise with the rates, with the rules and regulations. Um, it's a tough industry, and, you know, they're really guided um, by the government, and so a lot of it's out of their control, what's happening rate-wise. And the lenders... I, I think we might lose some lenders that can't keep doing business with these rates the way they are because they won't be able to make money, you know. So I, I'm kind of I'm kind of worried about that part because it's really tough to keep doing business when your prices are so high. For exactly. People. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's true. And that's why I posed the question because I knew I knew you would approach it wide spectrum the way that you did. Uh, on one hand, if you qualified at five percent debt to equity ratio, but six and now seven percent, this can knock out some people, Joanne. Right, and then what happens? It knocks out the lenders. Then they have to find other ways. They can't refinance. No one's refinancing up. So. No. It used to be, you know, forward loans, and then there's this inventory. They can't do FHA loans. Um, veterans loans, sadly, are probably near to impossible to get done because they're not winning the bids on the property. So the lenders I'm worried about because they can't do VA loans. They can't do FHA loans. I mean, they can but the people aren't getting the property. Yeah, so. and as you commented briefly on, I want to underscore that, there was a whole, I, I'll call it cottage industry. You had places that all they were doing were the refinances. Uh, and now, of course, no one's doing that right now. Right. So what are these lenders doing? Well, you know? I, I will tell you what they're doing. Uh, I saw it. I've been reading. A lot of them are cutting back. Uh, they're getting rid of people. Uh, and, you know, I just hope this is a blip and not some kind of trend because that that's no good. Uh, you know, we want a healthy market. Chuck Malamud, if he was here right now, would say the country is never healthier than when the finan- financial markets. He calls it th- the three sort of um, rungs of the stool to for the country to be healthy. You need a healthy financial market. And you need a healthy real estate market because, as you know, Joanne, and maybe comment about this for a minute. We're down to about three, two and a half minutes in your program. Other than in rare ex- exceptions, the, the very highest couple of percent in the country, the biggest purchase you will ever make 
is your home. You know, if, if you're not someone that's buying planes and, you know, crazy stuff, the biggest purchase you'll ever make is your home. And that's, you know, that's a big deal. And that's really where most people have the anything they have put aside is in many cases the equity that they have in their home, Joanne. Right. And and I'll say I'll say this, I'll add to that. Um, even if there are people well off enough to buy planes and stadiums and baseball teams, yeah. they're still I, I, I'll quote a movie. There's no place like home. Yeah. So yeah. your home is where, you know, it's your sanctuary. Yeah. You know, so that's your biggest investment is where you can always take a deep breath. You go home, you go out in the world, you, you work, you know, you do volunteer work, you, you know, fight for your country. But when you come home, that's your sanctuary. Yeah, so, so true. that is safe where you can breathe. Yep. And that is the most important investment you can make for yourself, for your family's well-being, so that you can go out and enjoy life yeah. and work and go to school and have these things. And it is your pride of accomplishment, too. It's so it's so true what you just said. I think there's just enough time for you to give us a closing statement on this. It's a pretty powerful question. Minute and a half left in your program. What is the state of real estate on today's date? Mama Mia. <laughs> Mama Mia, the state of real estate is, you know what? There's no time like the present to buy. It, it's out there. You stay diligent and, you know, you go fight for what you need for your home. It's, you have to just stay on it. You know, there's a market. There's always going to be people who need to sell, who need to buy. It's tight, but you stay diligent on getting what you need for yourself and for your family. And let, and let me conclude by saying and call Joanne Daly because we we have professional and personal experience to know in Joe, you have somebody that will be absolutely committed uh, to your best interests and your situation. You can reach Joe at 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. I always look forward to your program, Joe, but because so much has changed in just a month, I was really looking forward to today's program. And as always, you brought it and uh, it was very informative. Thank you so much, Joanne. All right. Yeah, my pleasure. And I can't believe everybody have a happy new fall. Yes. 22 fall. And we will see you at our charity.